Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt when I'm hunting turkeys. It is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on and having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Merry Christmas, everyone. We've got a different kind of podcast experience for you today. Today is our Christmas extravaganza variety show. We'll sip some eggnog, talk holiday hunting traditions, Christmas dishes, worst gifts ever, and Santa Claus may even pay us a little visit. Plus, we've got our very own meat eater caroling choir singing tunes. So hang around with us for a grand old time. All right, everyone, it's the uh, Some Bitchin' Christmas episode. Now, uh, we're going we're gonna to do drinks. We're going to do eggnog drinks. We're going to predict futures. Yanni's going to guide us through predicting our futures by uh, the Latvian tradition of melting down lead and then throwing it into a bucket. <laughs> That's right. Then you take the lead out once it's cooled, and you hold it up to a light, and it casts a pan puppet. Yeah, the bucket's got some cold water in it, if anybody's wondering yeah. how it cools down. It, 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 and then you make it, hold it up and make a hand puppet with it. That's right. And then the shape tells you what's going to happen to you. Well, not necessarily shape, but everybody else in the room that's looking at the shape will then tell you what they see in that shape and tell you what's going to happen to you next time. Nah, I'll do, I'll do my own. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, and we're, we're, we're also filling in with our special song. we got a whole big thing to do. Most importantly, though, we got to run through uh, our introductions. Uh, I'm Anthony Licata. When someone says happy holidays, what comes to your mind? Um, Christmas. When really? people say that, Christmas comes to mind, but I'm a 4th of July man myself. Oh, that okay. is the perfect holiday for me. Yeah. Fireworks, summer, bonfires, doesn't get any better than that. Gal? I'm Ryan... Callahan. And uh, I, yeah, I enjoy holidays, but I like them for the time off. 
That's <laughs> so. I so can, you like the ones that include some time off? Yeah, where I can go, you know, hunting and fishing. Okay. I, I Maybe also, do some cooking and laundry and whatnot. I also wish that everyone who heard this right now could see Cal. Oh, Cal's <laughs> got a, a, a elf get up on. <laughs> Yeah. With, with big ears. And I was just having a CWD. I was having a chronic <laughs> wasting disease conversation with Cal. And there's two things tripped me up. One is it's hard to like argue with someone dressed up as an elf. And two, I was imagining that Cal had all these reindeer friends. <laughs> and that his community was being annihilated by CWD. <laughs> and, and the ways in which that would impact him emotionally. Yeah, not in your backyard, but uh, over in mine. Um yeah, so I, I do think that uh, I like the ideas of, like, you don't necessarily need to hear Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever when somebody says, hey, happy. It's, it's more like I give enough of a shit about you to say I hope you have a good time doing whatever. Yeah, well, what you could start doing is saying uh, if you're having some time off, hope you enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of happy holidays, go outside, get enjoy some laundry your, done. Enjoy your, enjoy your whatever time off you might be getting from work. Yeah, shout that after him, Phil. <laughs> hey, yeah, I uh, I uh, I think of Christmas. I grew up with Christmas. Um, love the the smells, the food, the lights. Yanis, hi Steve. Uh, my favorite holiday when someone says happy holidays or what am I thinking of? I already told you, winter solstice. You like that one? Yeah. Mark Kenyon? Yep. You stole my thunder there, Mark Kenyon. Um, <laughs> oh, you wanted to say it? Go yeah. ahead. Uh, next? Next? Mark Kenyon here. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Christmas and being merry for whatever you want to celebrate, but I'll say that about Christmas, what I think it's got over a lot of other Fourth of July type holidays is the music. I'm a Christmas music man. Yeah, but you're oh, a yeah. you're a you're a uh, Billy, Billy Joel. Joel man. No, <laughs> I got I got pigeonholed into that unfairly. Dude, when someone tells me they're a Billy Joel man, you want to know the the rest of my their life when they're talking uh, about music. Yeah. Do you want to know what I hear? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the piano man. Yeah. That's the noise that enters my head when you talk about music now yeah. that I know you're a Billy Joel man. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I, to the point where we said, Mark, what do you like? And Mark said, I like Billy is, Joel. But that is not true. <laughs> That's not how it happened. If I do recall, though, you listed off a whole bunch of Billy Joel songs, just as many as I could produce during that conversation. Yeah, but I could also list my enemies. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I could way. list, like, the Axis powers during World War II. I mean, I like them. <laughs> Christmas music, though. <laughs> you like Christmas music? I like Christmas music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm with you, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. Sam? Thanks, Phil. Wait, who's your favorite Christmas artist? The Billy Joel's Christmas <laughs> album. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Frank Sinatra. Ooh, yeah. that's a good thing. I like that. Or Bing. Or Bing Crosby. Oh, oh, my old man loved. Steve's world some more, Mark. My old man loved, because my old man's Italian. I remember you told my me My old man loved Sinatra. Yeah. Old Bright Eyes or Blue Eyes, whatever the hell they call them. Blue not eyes. Bright Eyes. Blue that's eyes. not a bad band. But uh, blue, yeah, old blue eyes. <laughs> old blue he eyes. never wrote a thing. He never wrote a thing. He just like would interpret people's songs, whatever he, that means. He did it his way, Steve. He did. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> All right, Sam. Fight on. Hi, my name's Sam. Um, <laughs> first I saw, time on the show. Uh, first time on the show, for right now. But my well, yeah, favorite, I mean that's true with anything. That's the first time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> when I think of holidays, I think of Christmas. We uh, were a typical Catholic family and went to church every Christmas. Good for you. Oh, thank you. 
Now I don't get gifts for anyone for Christmas. You you like wow. you you wanted to strip the commercialism right out of it. Yeah, and I just I'm not really a good gift giver, so I don't really want to like give a gift that everyone's just gonna hate anyways. Yeah, that's a good point. But this year I'm you gonna just make give money. I should just give him money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna make jerky for my deer this year. You know what my brother made for everybody for Christmas this year? He bought a thing to make. I think he makes fifty tubes at a time, and he makes deer fat chapstick. Ooh, that's a good idea. With all natural, 70% deer fat. It's got beeswax and various oils, like essential oils. He doesn't believe in essential oils, but said he uses it for his chapstick. And it's a wonderful <laughs> product. And he's able wow. to make 50 at a time in a special little tube holder he's got. Oh, I'm, I'm Dude, this stuff is Are these for sale really, anywhere? Yeah. He's not selling them, and he didn't put glycerin in it. He, so I'm worried about the shelf stability. Yeah. It's a, that's like a, there, there's like, I think it's glycerin or glycol or something. It's like a food-safe preserved it we used to use it making trapping bait like you could start you could take some meat cat meat whatever and rot it down and then put glycerin in it to stop the rot mm-hmm. and i remember it was like a food safe deal he's not using it so i don't know about the shelf stability of deer tallow chapstick but dude you put this on your lips it is good stuff man because he had to render it he rent no he right? rendered it out yeah so i wonder he rendered it out put the beeswax in there put some aromatics in there all natural I can you see think it that like, oh yeah, it's like the Tom and Jerry's chapstick, man. How is that not in the meat eater store right now? That seems like <laughs> something we absolutely need to have. Well, I think there's probably some kind of FDA component to it. Yeah. <laughs> what does Tom and Jerry's of chapstick mean? Oh, how they they brag up how they got real simple ingredients. Oh, Ben and Jerry's. I'm confusing. I'm confusing Ben and Jerry's yeah. with that Uncle Tom's deodorant. What's that deodorant? Tom's. Tom's the main. <laughs> My kids are so confusing Tom's of Maine yeah. with the famous book Uncle Tom's Cabin. <laughs> my kids have been recently uh, really into Looney Tom Tunes and Jerry, cartoon. so I was I didn't know that those guys had a chapstick. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's even Briars. Who is it that has like they make a big deal out how Dr. nothing's Briars. in the ice cream? Oh, I think oh it's you're, you're right. It's it's probably Ben and Jerry. All right, let's start out. We're gonna make some drinks. Cream, what are we gonna have? What's our holiday drink for our special holiday um, special? Our holiday drink is eggnog. We're going to use uh, our meat eater straight bourbon whiskey. Um, and uh, I'm going to basically dump all the ingredients into our Weston blender, and it's going to be like a five-minute nog. It's um, from scratch. From scratch. Raw Ooh. eggs. Raw eggs. Raw eggs, nutmeg, cinnamon, half and half, heavy cream, milk, sugar, and our and our bourbon. Uh, we were having a conversation before we got started, and Karim was going to make this drink. Um, is it? I've re- I know from reading Tom Robbins. What book is the one that has that Tarzan's in? Tom Robbins novel, where he's going. Uh, it's like Tarzan is tripping on nutmeg, and he encounters Jesus in the desert. Oh. Sounds great. See, I know the yeah. drug reference from Malcolm X, because when Malcolm gets thrown in the clink, mm-hmm. like right. his uh, kind of mentor in there gets him uh, level-headed on nutmeg and warns him, it's it's the only, don't ask him for it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it trips you out. It's like drinking Robitussin, right? I don't know. <laughs> but Phil's going to read up on it. Phil, how much nutmeg do you got to eat to trip? Uh, this Christmas, <laughs> this holiday season. Uh, the thing is, not actually a lot, but 
a little bit of nutmeg goes a long way if you've had it. And so people, there's a, I, I looked it up, people have, there's um history of people tripping on, on nutmeg at least since like the, the 1500s is the first documented kind of a woman ate 10 nutmegs. Nuts, nutmeg nuts, and felt and <laughs> So people were already tripping on it yes. when the pilgrims came to America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and so the reason is is that there's a there's a a compound in it called myristicin, which um, gets uh, turned into a drug called MMDA. Which, if that sounds familiar, oh yeah, uh, there's a it's got a very close relative called MDMA, which is ecstasy. Um, so when your body's processing it, it changes the changes the myristicin in, into this hallucinogenic drug. So yeah, it's it's okay. So you're making some nutmeg, yeah, and you got a jar of uh, it's holiday season. You're making some nutmeg, and you got a jar of the little nuts, the megs, whatever the you eggs. call them. Yep. How many of those do you need to eat before your before you know your your aunt has like a snake coming out of her nostril or or something like that? Uh, if it looks like a probably probably about two or three to really kind of feel it. Is that right? Yeah. So that's no, a lot of nutmeg, it is a dude. Lot of nutmeg. That's a, yeah. You'd be so <laughs> plastered drunk by that point in time. So, so lady who had ten nutmegs. I mean, yes. that's a lot of eggnog. She must have dedicated. Had, she must so, have had a cow that put eggnog off. Do you? Uh, eat them, or do you snort them, or you smoke them? I'm, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> it's 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 just eating. Um, <laughs> I feel like you just grind it up. Put it yeah. On the table. So I mean, so there are, there are, there are documented cases of 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 you know kids just downing jars of ground nutmeg Come to try on. to get a high. I got one. I got one right now. I'm gonna take a gnaw on it. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll update throughout the podcast. See how you're doing. Oh. Yeah, that's that, got to be rough. Very difficult meal to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I'd have to snort it. <laughs> um, so yeah, oh, you 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 will feel a Dude, little. That's bit. why no one. That's why everybody's not wasted on Christmas. You're gonna eat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. Ten down. So you will I feel a little get, bit, but I can't you will get also get sick. Of, I can't get a hundredth yeah. of one. Vomiting wow. comes with the high. Um, oh, great. But it's it's Sounds mostly, like they think it's non-toxic. Like, there's only been one documented death from eating too much nutmeg, and it was from an eight-year-old kid who, who ate, I think, three, just three nutmegs and died. But that sounds like it might have been something else going on as well. Was it the holiday season when that happened to him? I uh, don't know. Uh, the other question we had is, what's up with... Um, Eating all kind of raw eggs because remember chips, and I know you don't remember chips. I, I'm aware there are motorcycles. <laughs> the TV show? Yeah, and chips <laughs> and chips. There was a part of most episodes where either Ponch or John, I can't remember, would drink. It was like a shtick. That's Yiddish, I think. Corinne, is that Yiddish shtick? Yep, that's Yiddish. I'm trying to keep multicultural here. Yeah. Shtick was to drink a glass of eggs. You guys remember this? Mm-hmm. You do? How did he avoid being sick all the time? So, uh, eating raw eggs, the main... Um, there's a blender going on back there, <laughs> making some eggnog. Speaking of raw eggs. Uh, so, there, people think that it can... The egg whites can block absor- absorption of vitamin B7. Go on. <laughs> yep. Uh, but the, the, that's not a really high concern. The main concern is actually just salmonella. That's the only thing that people are concerned about with raw eggs is that uh, um, is just the, the higher higher chance of salmonella. Uh, the nutmeg in my mouth is ruining my Christmas special. special. <laughs> oh, special, really? My it's special better. holiday so, special. Uh, Joe oh, Rogan goodness. told us that he ate raw eggs for years. 
That's how oh, Rocky did it. Listen, Isn't that I how don't did exactly it? Yes. how Rocky did it. And that's how Chips does it. And I actually don't think that it does make you sick because my mom, when I was a little boy, made our own. That was one of our traditions. 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 Was to eat the raw eggs. No one ever got sick. What kind of tradition was that? Eating eggnog? Oh, eggnog. Oh, eggnog. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, she would make eggnog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like for, for Christmas Eve, she would make eggnog out of eggs. And then we didn't all just sit around puking and messing our pants. You go to a nice yeah. restaurant, you have steak tartare. There's a raw egg in that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Sam, got any thoughts about that? Well, it's just the raw yolk. I thought it was the egg white that was the issue. Mm-mm. Oh. The egg white is the thing that might block absorption of vitamin B, but... Well, that's an issue. Either way, quick uh, <laughs> quick correction while we while we while the drinks get made. Uh, Cal, this pertains to you too. Um, the, in keeping with the holiday the holiday theme here, uh, we have a correction coming from our friend. Uh, he, he sent it as in form of a Christmas card, where Doug Dern sent in a correction, and I told him if he could to try to make it fit with our Christmas episode, that he could give it a Christmas theme. So he's he, he's including it as a gift, and it has to do. With his annoyance when people say, particularly when I always say, cut corn, meaning I was hunting out in a cut corn field, or when are they going to cut that corn? So uh, uh, here's Doug's correction, which he sent to us uh, as a nice little audio file. And Doug, I'll point out, in the entire history of this show, in the entire history of this program, only one person, is that true, Yanni? Only one person has ever been given call-in credentials. I believe that to be true. Doug Dern. Yeah. Here he is. Hey, Steve. It's Doug Dern calling to wish you, your family, and the whole Meat Eater gang Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and a prosperous 2020. Look forward to the next time we're together. I also called to make a little correction. Cut corn. Don't like that expression. It's incorrect. It sounds foolish. Uh Corn is either chopped, picked, or shelled when it's harvested. What's left in the field is corn stubble, corn fodder, or even more correctly, corn stover. The stubble is the stuff that's left when they chop it off, and the fodder and the stover is the stuff that's left when they just take the the ears of corn or the shelled corn. So please, in the future, can you make that correction? Got me pulling my hair out. Thanks and happy holidays. Okay, Cal, when you heard that, I, I know well, he emailed that, initially emailed that complaint. I felt that you rolled over like a dog. I, how so? Did you read my response? Yeah, you said never again in my life or something like that. No, I, no, <laughs> I said, he said, please in the future, like make this correction. And I said, I will not. No. no As no. in, I am going to stand by. Cut corn. That's not what you said. Yeah, Cal said never in my life. I thought he meant, I thought he rolled over like a dog and meant never in my life will I use that phrase again. No, no, I, I, I had meant I'm sticking by cut corn. Oh, see, I I capitulated. I capitulated and I was like, man, he's right. What do I know? I'm no farmer and I'm not. And then uh, I called him to hear him out on it. And I happen to be driving around with someone who's got quite an ag background, 
and they were listening in on my call with Doug, and he says, well, if it's not corn, corn, I don't know what the hell it is, because I've been calling it that my entire life. And this guy knows his way around a cornfield. And I noticed, too, in Doug's thing, he catches, if you listen carefully, uh, and Phil, you can patch this in, Doug is forming a sentence, and he, there's a slight pause. He's like, and when they get done chopping the corn, there's a slight pause because he almost, I, I, the more I listen to, the more I catch it. He almost says, cut the corn, but corrects himself and swings it, hit, play it again, Phil. The stubble is the stuff that's left when it, they chop it off. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, there's eggnog all over the damn place now. Yeah, that's um, now, it's, now it's like Christmas. This place already smells. This place is going to smell like, no, it's going <laughs> to smell like folks. And uh, for some reason, all I can picture is somebody missing a finger. And you're like, hey, what happened to your finger? It's like, oh, got cut off. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, got and here's chopped my, off. And the thing that's left <laughs> is the stover <laughs> instead of the chop. But, you know, I, I think that, but Yanni, Yanni, give your theory about how where Doug's coming from. And I love Doug more. I, I've told everybody, I love Doug more than I love Yanni. There's more of him below. <laughs> I feel like there was a little pause in that sentence, too. <laughs> um, I feel like maybe... Just and this is just a just kind of a, a random theory that I just thought of five minutes ago is that maybe Doug's thinking is because where Doug comes from, there's like a little region there around Casanova, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's, it's a population of 385 people. Yeah, and like half of them are Durants. <laughs> and like you said earlier, he, he there's cousins around that he doesn't even know that exist. And so, he's got roads named after him. Yeah, maybe just there in that region, it's. Yeah. Chopped corn. Because it'd be like, he could say this. In my family, we say chopped corn. Because that would be synonymous with in my community. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Doug, you're a big guy. What do you mean? Everybody's built this way. <laughs> yeah, Doug, Doug, every time Doug goes out of town, my, these people are small. <laughs> On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a swirl in a crock pot. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two small toothbrushes and a squirrel in a crock pot. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three fried perch, two small toothbrushes and a squirrel in a crock pot. Damn that boy can sing. Man, the enunciation is not good. <laughs> Do you know that they're saying coot breasts? I just tripped out about the one, the coot breast, which is rough, but the rest are very clear. Hats right. off to the choir. That's good. Oh, no, it's really good singing. Yanni's in the choir. Yeah. Yeah. And he really regards himself as, regards himself pretty highly as a caroler. As a, maybe a lover of caroling, <laughs> but not as a caroler. Oh, I never made that distinction. Yeah. Like earlier, I was on the phone with my mother talking about Latvian um, Christmas folk songs. So I'm going to have to sing one for you later. And we kind of settled on one and because I, I wanted the one that had the right, um, what's it called? Is it called a refrain? 
in English, like yeah. the thing you sing over and over at the end of a segment? Chorus. Chorus. Yeah. chorus. Chorus. Maybe it's the chorus. What's the refrain? A refrain would be that thing that comes at the tail end of the song that you, you insert that's a little bit You know, bit like, and we didn't start the fire. <laughs> 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 Anyways, uh, so I, she sang the melody, I sang the melody, she sang the melody, I, and finally she's like, yeah, I think you got it. She, but she says, you know what's going to be the most important for you? Is that maybe someone else sort of sets the tone <laughs> or the, where you're supposed to start, and mm. then you go from there. I'm like, well, I don't think there's anybody in the room that's going to know the uh, the tune for Cedra uh, Bingalia. You need a of, tuning uh, chord. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's, a, he's a caroling yeah. enthusiast yeah. rather than a good caroler. Phil, who else is in the choir? Oh, man. Did we you had, sing? Uh, uh, yeah, I did. There was Hansi, Seth. Phil, Phil was like our conductor. He's a music really? man. Yeah. The Flip-Flop Flasher's Flip-flop in there? Flasher's in there. Did Kylie. You, did you find that his... Um did you find that you could accentuate his his part, or did you have to downplay You know, him? listening back to the files, I'm not even positive he was singing. I think he was just there for show. <laughs> really? He was probably just mouthing He's like Millie Vanilli. Ben O'Brien. Dude, all my things are so old. Do you know who Millie Vanilli is? I know the name. I know the story. I need to tune in and get new references for culture. I had tickets to see Billy Vanilli. Oh, so you know what I'm talking right about. Right before That's they got busted. If you want a slightly more modern reference, you could say <laughs> like like Ashley Simpson on SNL. No. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Old man Ranella all hopped up on nutmeg, <laughs> talking about the way things were. Are you guys feeling this nutmeg? No. <laughs> you know, I feel like I am, man. I feel like I am. But see, I'm like that. When people tell me about a disease, I feel like I got it. The other day, my buddy was telling me about his buddy whose the capillaries and his fingers are dying, and so his, he has a real hard time keeping his fingers warm. And the whole time he's telling me, I'm trying to, he's like all talking about how sad he is for his buddy, because this is like, could be like a terminal thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even listening to anything. I'm not caring about the buddy. I'm just sitting there. He's, he's going, like, mm, 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 mm. and I'm sitting there being like, God, do I have that? I got that too. <laughs> I, I have such a hard time. So now that I ate that nutmeg, I feel like I'm yeah, tripping. Right. It's it's a creeper. It's kind of sneaking up on me. I feel me. like Yanni's eyes are like turning like blood blood color and he's like sending me messages and, and talking <laughs> sending me messages through that Santa hat and stuff. Oh well you're finally getting it then. I've been doing that for years. He's like, I worship the devil. That's what, that's what I'm hearing in the background. <laughs> I was laughing. Slightly this morning when I was uh, fussing around and because we have an email, it's like, hey, remember bring in your Christmas sweater. But it's like anything could be a Christmas sweater if it's the thing that you're wearing to Christmas. All yeah, the time. but I feel like you uh, that is your Christmas sweater. This though. is my Christmas sweater. Yeah, and I did buy this specifically for Christmas. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> is it your ugly Christmas sweater? No, this thing's classy as hell, it's definitely man. Definitely the ugly Christmas sweater. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, for, for, for ladies and gentlemen at home, Cal's wearing a, it's just a real bright red sweater. It's a V-neck. V-neck. Oh, it's V-neck. Yeah. Why, do you have, why, do, why do you have a shirt underneath it? Well, because I didn't bring my dickie in. <laughs> oh, that's what you wear with that? You're you know, we got on the dickies. What is that? A dickie is when uh, you get a, a, a it's like a, it's like a, it's like a clip-on tie of. It's like the clip-on tie of the turtleneck world. <laughs> yes, well done. It's like a turtleneck sweater minus the sweater. Turtleneck sweater. No, minus it's the, the, the shirt underneath. It's just the neck. No, it's the turtleneck. We used to wear them ice fishing. It's a turtleneck that you just pull over, and it's got a little flap that hangs down front and back. Oh, meant to be worn under a sweater. <laughs> yeah, but we wore them ice fishing. Yeah. Just to keep your neck warm. Yeah. You put your dicky on. Not like what you're thinking. 
Oh, love it. Anyway, I got this. Is, uh, is mine nutmegged? The uh, gold mine in Ketch, Idaho, which if you're ever looking for any kind of old man type of stuff, that's a real good place to go. Steve, how's that nutmeg? <laughs> that's a good one right there. <laughs> <laughs> like Ma used to make? Oh, that's good. That's better than Ma's. There you go. Uh, okay, drink in hand. We're gonna we're, we're gonna move on. Um, real quick, uh, do, you, do you guys have like um, holiday, uh, you know, food traditions, culinary traditions? Yes. Go. They're not. They're not necessarily, uh, you know, centered around wild game. I haven't started that yet. My neighbor, on the other hand, though, has smoked deer ham. He's a new hunter. Only killed two deer and smoked a deer ham the last two years in a row. And just the other night told me that he's gonna, that's going to be his uh, Thanksgiving tradition uh, to smoke deer hams. I thought that was pretty cool. But no, for me, it's um, piparkukas and P-Dog. <laughs> <laughs> P-Dogs. Piparkukas are Latvian gingerbread cookies, but they don't look or taste like the gingerbread that there's ginger in there which is why i use that um comparison but uh they're very thin wafers there's a cookie out there called the moravian uh christmas cookie that's not lavian if anybody's had those and that's like the closest store-bought thing i've ever seen um to latvian gingerbread cookies what's the latvian word actually means pepper cookie um yeah so they're very spicy with black pepper lots of ginger thin um my great uncle used to love all the burnt ones because every year you get a pan that's burnt in there. Anyway, so he those, ma- we make those. those. We cut them in Christmas shapes with a little, uh, you know. So what cutters. would pass as a Christmas shape among you folks? A uh, tree. Gotcha. One that looks like a fir tree, a star, okay. a, a moon. Traditional. Deer. A moon? Yeah, moons. We have a lot of moons. Huh. You guys think of a moon as a Christmas shape because mm-hmm. Santa flies over across it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say because the um, moon is somehow helping along the sun to come back alive. Yeah, I'll buy that. Our uh, holiday, we had two holiday things. Uh, one was, <laughs> how's it going, Corinne? Great. It's taking a while. One was not ours, but every year... A uh, old woman. You know how when you're a little kid, you have grandparents' day at school. Yeah, yeah. Our grandparents lived too far away, and, and then they were dead. But uh, we had fake grandparents that would show up for grandparents' day. Vivia, um, Kokoma, and what was her old man's name? And these folks were just on the retainer. Barney and Vivian Kokoma <laughs> would always come to grandparents' day and pretend to be our grandparents, nicest people on the planet. Vivian Kokoma would always have my dad give her a deer neck or two. She would take the deer necks, cook them down, and make mincemeat pie filling. And then she would jar the mincemeat pie filling in glass jars, and then she would wrap a ribbon around it. And then on Christmas, she would bring it around and give it out as Christmas presents. And we would get a jar because Melman gave her the neck. But that was one thing. But the the main uh, culinary tradition is my mom would make this thing called sticky buns. It's like you cook a bunch of, I don't know what they are, doughy dough right and it's got all kinds of sugar in it so that it yeah it's it like makes a cinnamon like a, roll kind of thing yeah and, it, and there's so much sugar and caramel on the bottom then you flip it over and all the you know shit loads of caramel and all the stuff that settled to the bottom is then on top and it dries and you wake up and eat that we do this thing where 
my parents boil a huge pot of Polish kielbasa Christmas Ooh. morning. You guys boil? Pole? You're pole? Are you a Pole? My mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaminski. My dad felt that the Poles um, drank too much. That could be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be true, yeah. But it has a horrendous smell if you don't like Polish kielbasa. Very, very strong smell. And my wife came into the family not having that Polish background. So she What's her background? Uh, maybe some German, some English. Not important. I think. <laughs> 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 Phil, you might have to edit that out for Mark's sake. Uh, my wife? I don't really uh, know. The English and the Germans, they were mortal enemies once upon a time. Mark. Yeah, but they were buddies at one point as well. Yeah, comes um, and goes. But yeah, so she came into this not prepared for that smell every morning on Christmas. And she almost vomited when she was pregnant the other year. From it's a so little strong. kielbasa. Yeah, the, the smell fills the, the entire house. The stench of the kielbasa. Yeah. Hmm. So that's our thing. Polish. Yeah, Hold on. Big sausages. So you get a pot full of boiled sausages, then what? You Sounds just delicious. You just eat boiled kielbasa for your breakfast. It's the best you guys could do. Sweet. Did, you, did you make them or buy them? Bought them at a traditional little Polish market. And then your mom just boils them up. That's just it. Boils them. Man, and she's got a pretty. Com- she's got a pretty easy day, don't you? Then you dip it in cocktail sauce. What? No. That's that's what they did. I think you're confusing shrimp. No. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you're confusing boiled shrimp with kielbasa. Cocktail sauce. I can't. I can't. I got to consult. I can't defend it. I'd be sitting there eating. In the the Polish Kenyan household, (laughs) you guys go to the store, buy some kielbasa, boil it up, dip it in cocktail sauce. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's good. But it's just what they do, yeah, and it's okay. what we did. Sounds great to me. Anybody else got any good holiday ones? Holiday culinary? My grandma, uh, Marion, my mom's side of the family, she always makes lots of cooks. You know, there's lots of good food, but there's always uh, little chunks of beard in my mouth. Um, <laughs> from the elf, from your beard or the elf beard? Elf beard. Yeah, it's white. <laughs> um, uh, Yorkshire pudding. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Mm, very, is that made out of hogs' blood? No. No. This was like very confusing as a child because it's called Yorkshire pudding, but it comes out in uh, it's like the it's a muffin that's burned on top, and then it has kind of like a custardy consistency when you like pull the top off. And ours were always like a very savory thing, so you'd put. Like you'd like use it to like mop up meat juice. Cause we were always pudding. always making beef with. That reminds whatever, me of the song. So. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? You're like, I'm dipping my meat in my pudding. Yes, <laughs> but like as a kid, you're like, this is a muffin. Where's the pudding? <laughs> oh yeah, like you get all excited. The kids are like, oh, there's some pudding coming. Then all of a sudden, they lay that out there. Right. Like, oh, uh, dude, yeah. Savory muffin. So I eat this, and then the pudding comes. Or... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that's one of those like nostalgic Christmassy type things. Sam, not bad. <laughs> Anything? I would say, unfortunately, my family wasn't the most traditional. I think the biggest tradition was we changed it up every single year. But the one thing that we would always get is eggnog, but we never made it. We always bought the Southern Comfort eggnog. Have you guys had that? <laughs> so it was pre-mixed. It was so with good. Soco. When you guys were in high school, did you guys call it SoCo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is uh, bringing me back. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, you bet. This is much better than the store-bought. Oh, dude, oh, this oh, is very unbelievably <laughs> good. This, this is, is the good. best. Very good, Corinne. Thank you. This very is good. the best. Uh, can you walk us through it again? 
It's the best uh, eggnog drink I've ever had in my entire life. It is very yep. good. Agreed. Unfortunately, some of you guys have minus vanilla. I forgot to put in vanilla the first round. What do so, I have? What we'll do go I have? Round two? have? Minus vanilla, so we're going to need to top you off. Um, it's, it's super simple. It's just eggs, heavy cream, milk. You can do half and half or not. Uh, nutmeg. Cinnamon. 16 nutmegs. Yep. All Can I have a little more nutmeg in mine, please? <laughs> yep, yep. We got <laughs> plenty here. Um, yeah, nutmeg, cinnamon, some sugar, good eggs, mm, vanilla, and the meat eater bourbon, which makes it. Dude, it makes a hell of a drink. Yep. It tastes like if you just kept adding ice, this would just be ice cream. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Tastes like Santa himself mixed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I usually like to have ice cubes in mine and let it thin out a little bit more. <clears throat> I hear you. It's not yeah. quite so heavy, dude. It's a heavy drink, man. Yeah, I'm that telling one you, you what, can have two. Nothing tastes better than the first eggnog cocktail you have every year. Nothing tastes worse than the last, man. I get burned out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About a gallon is what I'm good for. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was thinking more of like a quart, but sure. That's yeah, funny. I think it's burned out after a gallon yeah. of eggnog. Oh, Corinne, you know, remind, do you want to do a holiday food thing? Sure. What do you have? Because can you tell people a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, so my mom is Chinese, and uh, she immigrated to the United States from Beijing way back when. And my dad is a Jewish kid from Brooklyn. So that's my background. So what do you guys do around Christmas? Uh, it depends. Sorry, on... the holidays. Yeah, no. <laughs> you you say, know what I mean. You can say Christmas. Uh, it kind of depended on the year. Sometimes we would get together as a family, just the three of us. I don't have any siblings. Uh, the three of us would go out to a very Christmassy. Only child. Only child, yeah, yeah. I grew up in New York City, so there are plenty of... Uh, very holiday, festive, Christmassy type uh, traditional dinners if we were too lazy to cook. Um, what the Jews normally do for Christmas is they go out and eat Chinese food uh, because Chinese yeah, restaurants you know yep. are open. I've actually participated yep. in that one time. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. So sometimes that is a tradition and sometimes it's gotten together with the Jewish side of my family and celebrated Christmas slash Hanukkah. You don't, you don't really have, like, a specific day on which you celebrate Hanukkah. It's an eight-day thing. Um, but, yeah, so it kind of just depends upon the year. You know, one time, you don't know this, but I'll tell you. Okay. One time, because of the international dateline and an airplane, I missed Christmas. Oh, did you, like, you flew... Wait, explain that. Like you I was like, flying ju you like west. Time. I was flying <laughs> west across the international dateline, and they're like, and it timed out where there essentially was no Christmas Day that year. <laughs> was that was that the worst year of your life? Was that the worst? No, Christmas I thought. I mean, it just it was. It wanted to be like one of the more memorable Christmases. Right. Like, okay. Its okay. absence <laughs> made it be memorable. <laughs> you know, it was in. It was in the. It was just in. In the. It was the. The. the it was the. Uh, the tail end of the pre-9-11 era. Oh, Remember that? okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh, you know what I want to talk about? What? Oh, yeah, but to tell about the different food things. You guys eat some Chinese food. Yeah. We would sometimes do Chinese food on Christmas. We would sometimes do very Christmassy, traditional, you know. I well, think who my... was that coming from? 
Because it wasn't coming from your mother. Right. No, it wasn't come from, coming from my mom either, although my mom's side of the family does celebrate Christmas. Um, but was your mom from Beijing mm-hmm. Christian? No. No, she wasn't. Uh, my So her grandparents, my great-grandparents were Buddhist. Okay. Uh, her mom and my grandmother was, uh, I should say, a little bit more on the philosophical Confucian side. Got it. Do you so, feel that you have a Christmas sweater on right now? I have a Christmas sweater. Or is that a holiday sweater? It is a Christmas sweater <laughs> right now because Rudolph's on it. Um, he's got a red nose and a white 3D like poof ball that's coming off the edge of his hat. And um, this is so ugly. It It's amazing. It lights up. Oh, how come you don't have it lit up? All right. Because that would be really so distracting. I don't think anyone would. Hold on. Corinne's sweater has a battery in it. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Waiting. Oh, look at that. There we go. Huh? Well, That's not would, distracting. Would you prefer that I keep this? On? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I have lights on my sweater that change color and flash constantly. Like, yeah. So like her a, like, like a tree. just below her uh, collarbones, there are there's a there's a line of lights that, right where that, her dicky would be. <laughs> yeah. Right, dicky where, line. right where her dicky would taper off. The irrational <laughs> dicky line. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep this going for the rest of the podcast, guys. Okay, Phil, roll some more of the Christmas song. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four mincemeat pies, three fried perch, two smoked cupress, and a squirrel in a crock pot. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Five big old backstraps, four mincemeat pies, three fried perch, two smoked cupress, and a squirrel in a crock pot. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six cheeks of grouper, five big old backstraps, four mincemeat pies, three fried perch, two smoked cupress, and a squirrel in a crock pot. Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. Yeah, I apply for everything everywhere. It's daunting. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched hunt research tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. OnX Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground, insight and knowledge, and a membership to Hunt Reminder so you never miss another deadline. Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So, when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out, there isn't one. 
Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey, everybody. I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith, who, over recent months... I've become friends with, and my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, Watch that video, and in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now for the first time, They're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company. Working knives for working people. 10% off with code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. Moving on in our Christmas special, Christmas holiday special. Uh, Yanni on Instagram, at, how do you do it? It used to be Latvian Hunter, but now it's just at Giannis Putellis. That's right, with an underscore in there. Dude, Yanni is so unbelievably close to having 100K followers. Get that, man, 100K. By the time, he by doesn't the time realize, you're hearing this, I've reached the... Yeah, he doesn't realize how much life changes. Yeah. I haven't told you about all the things that happened at that point, but it's going <laughs> to blow your mind. It's like a whole secret world out there, Yanni. Um, I can't wait. Yanni asked on Instagram for people to share with us the worst Christmas presents they've ever gotten in their entire life. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, um, I have a bad, I have a Christmas gift story uh, that I like to tell every year. It's like a, tra- this is, this combines two things. It's a Christmas gift story and it's a tradition story. It's my tradition to tell the story of a year in the presence of my brother because it makes him so depressed. When I was a little kid, they had a, a thing called Secret Santa's Workshop. You guys familiar with this? What it was is it was a, it was a venue for children who didn't have access to a, um, a vehicle to go shopping for their family in such a way that their family wouldn't know what they got them. Because when you're a little kid, how do you go shopping for your mom? Pre-buying shit on the internet. You picturing? Yep. How trouble, how hard it'd be, right? Because your mom takes you to the store. 
How do you ever get your mom something? So yeah, they do that at my kids' elementary now. Secret Santa's workshop. Like it's, a, it's a it's a fundraiser kind of a deal. And it's called Secret Santa's workshop. I think they omit secret, just Santa's workshop. Yeah, maybe I added that. So you you get you still it's still kind of like it still kind of cons your mom a little bit because you still got to get money from your parents, but you bring the money down and you get credit. And then you buy junk for your family, and you could get like a giant. When I was looking, you could get like a gigantic eraser, all kinds of stuff. I kind of blew all my money, and I didn't get my brother Matt anything. And so I got Matt a sheriff's, a plastic sheriff's badge shaped like a star. Uh, I was real excited about it. That night at dinner, my mom asked, How was Santa's workshop? To which Matt replies, It was so stupid. In fact, it was so stupid that they sold little plastic sheriff's badges. <laughs> uh, I was so upset, I ran into the living room and wept. Wept. He felt so bad that to try to make me feel better, he promised me and actually went through with this where he and I would start a pin collection based off his new sheriff's badge pin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like to tell that story every year just to make him depressed all over again. Uh, so, but did he follow through? Do you guys have a little collection? No, there? I think that we did actually start a short-lived little pin collection <laughs> as part of him being like, "I was wrong. I don't, I, you know, I didn't see the potential. In fact, we could start a collection, and this sheriff's badge could be the first. That's great step. That's a good story. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. I, I think it's the, the most depressing thing in the world. You like it? You, they, yeah. It well, does. It's got a good ending. It's got a great ending. Oh no! He, when I tell it, he just. Uh, it's, I hope he's listening. <laughs> it ruins his Christmas. He hasn't had a good Christmas since he was. <laughs> he hasn't had a good Christmas since he was eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, worst worst presents people have ever gotten. Um, one guy got a dog shaped hot dog cooker bun steamer. <laughs> it makes a barking sound when your hot dog's done. <laughs> Guy, uh, his aunt. Remember we were talking about the guy that thought his aunt was fairly attractive? Yeah. yeah. Not that guy, but another guy. His aunt gave him a blow-up doll when he went away to college. <laughs> oh, You'll shoot your eye out, kid. That's a fun one to open up in front of the fam. Mm-hmm. Um, guy wrote in that got a engraved Christmas ornament. His name's Brian. But when he got it, they had uh, misspelled his name, so it just says brain. <laughs> uh Dude, uh, someone made him a hand-knit mitten for, quote, my junk with flip-up urinating tip. <laughs> he says he says it's uh, real nice on cold days when you're ice fishing or glassing and freezing your balls off. Another guy wrote in that his dad gave him a 410 with a bent barrel when he was a kid and told him that it'd help him out in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, guy said from his grandmother-in-law, three years in a row running now, has received the same piggy bank that is in the shape of a butt and farts when you put coins in it. Uh, guy wrote in that the guy gave him a beaver tail. Guy wrote in that uh, his former in-laws, he says former, you know, I feel like we get so many letters to people who allude to having gotten a divorce. Like he points out, my former in-laws, they didn't know anything about hunting or fishing, and but they would always want to buy him presents that he thought he would like. And he says, looking back on it, it felt as though their shopping strategy was to ram shopping carts into the shelves at Cabela's and get him whatever happened to fall in the cart. 
I feel like that was a good piece of writing. When mm-hmm. I read that, I, re- I really liked that because yeah. immediately I was there picturing how he got mm-hmm. his presents. They got him at one time a camo do-rag. <laughs> he got a deer drag system. He got a wind-up lantern. He got a cough silencer. Those are the best. <laughs> and he got he got an apple-scented deer lure that he was afraid to put anywhere that deer could actually eat it because it was poisonous. Uh, guy got uh, His aunt and uncle gave him socks with their pictures on them. So he says every time he opens his sock drawer, quote, they're there watching me. <laughs> Dude got some sweatpants that were designed to look like blue jeans. Uh, dude said his, his wife, he told his wife he needed hunting pants. She told her in-laws he needed hunting pants. And so they got him a pair of sweats that had pictures <laughs> of deer on them. <laughs> These are all great uh, white elephant gift ideas. Yes, yeah, true. My uh, dad used to do this thing where he'd like give you a full-body goose decoy to like add to the, to the spread. And you're like, yes, full-body goose decoy. This is great. Then he'd be like, yeah, you like that? Like, yeah. Then he'd be like, so maybe you could uh, do a little bit better on the grades this year. <laughs> <laughs> and it always left you kind of being like, God, I wish we didn't do presents. <laughs> well, did he mean that, like, if you got straight A's, you might get a dozen? I, you know, I never read into it very much. Or got straight A's. <laughs> Nor got straight A's, so I never, never figured out. Either. No, he just was holding it out there. Right. The things could get spectacular. What did you think that was the best one, Yanni? My favorite out of all the worst Christmas presents um, that came in on the old Instagram was a guy got a, uh, and I believe this actually came in more than once, but a guy got a uh, half of a bottle of whiskey with a bow on it. <laughs> what happened to the other half? Come on. That's the best part about this present <laughs> is that you, you think about it a second and you realize what happened the night before. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got you. They made eggnog. So yeah, I guess it could be a <laughs> sad tripping on It could nutmeg. be a sad story for some people, but I like to think about how someone was like, Yeah, let's get Yanni a bottle of whiskey. And then a little while later, wow, we ran out of whiskey. Let's drink a little bit of Yanni's whiskey. Ah, he'll be he'll be happy with half a bottle. <laughs> you know what was very un Yanni about that? Did you say half empty? I feel like you're a half full guy. And <laughs> you just said half bottle of whiskey. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm getting you? Corinne, are you, are you still running that thing over there? Yeah, last bit. That lid's coming on. It's, it's moving up. <laughs> good, last good eye, badge. <laughs> there we go. All right, that's it. Sam, what, uh, what, what's the worst um, gift you ever got? I mean, I think it depends how you look at it because it's not really the worst, but it's definitely the most random. Um Right before I moved to, Mon- well, you know what? That that's a that, that's a generational word. Random. Yeah. How so? You because people my age don't conf- don't they know what random means? <laughs> <laughs> and that then is something awesome. happened, and then something happened, and people like ten or more years younger than me have no idea what the word random means. Okay, so what do you want me to describe it as? An odd gift. An okay, odd an gift. odd gift. Um. Right before R- I moved to... R- random would be. <laughs> I'm never going to get out of this okay, room. No, 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 go on. Okay. So you got a... a, a as you folks say, you got a, a random... random yeah, you got a random odd Meaning odd. Well, okay, actually, in my defense, odd. it was random because she never sent gifts. 
and then just one random year. No, I think it would be odd. Okay, fine. Yeah, one un- unusual, <laughs> an, odd an unusual odd year. She sent me a gift, and um, it was a taser and a box of condoms. That's great. <laughs> what was she, get- what was she uh, getting at? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what's the order of operations here? Which goes yeah. first? <laughs> well, <laughs> Did she give you one? You know when you're giving someone, a, like let's say you're giving someone a BB gun and BBs. You'd be like, no, 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 no. Don't open that. Open that one first. So when she had the taser and the, the condoms, was she like, no, 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 no it'll ruin it. Open oh. that one first. Well, no, she wasn't even present for oh, okay. the opening and the gift. And she, you know had them all together in one big package, basically. Well, not that big. And, but. and, and when you said... Later, when you when you called her, did you call her, or write her a note to thank you, thank her. My mom. It's very important to my mom that we do that. Um, we write notes. And and you said, um, I really appreciated uh, the condoms <laughs> and not the taser. Did she get confused because your name's Samantha, but you go by Sam? Uh, oh, that would actually be you know yeah, what? that very makes more, Was she kind of like? Was she kind of distant? <laughs> Very distant. Oh, very, so she um, just thought you were like very a... Very distant. <laughs> yeah, she just thought you were like a, some guy named Sam. Yeah. But why does sure. a guy named why? Sam... Yeah, who was very weak. That makes it a weirder. A weak, more random. Much more random. A weak, very virile... Uh, a weak, virile... <laughs> yeah, where were you nephew. going with that, Cal? How did that make sense to you? That's just the logical conclusion I could come to. That she would, that you would give him a form of just... birth control appropriate to a gender appropriate birth control form, and then a taser in case he was uh, weak. Yeah, things went, I saw her in person. Like, unless things get random. Months later, and she gave me a package. <laughs> so of things got random with this guy, and I had to tase him. <laughs> well, I haven't had to use a taser yet. Do you still have it? Oh yeah, it, you got it on you right on now. My bedside. <laughs> wow. You keep it on your nightstand. Yeah. <laughs> And she told me how to charge it properly <laughs> in the car. She was just like setting her up for best and worst case scenario. <laughs> She's like, when you go to the bar, I shoot things I always like to bring with me. <laughs> and I just lay them on the bar. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I let the night run its course. Corinne, uh, we're going to talk about Hanukkah for a minute. Just keep this in the spirit of the holidays. In Hanukkah, you get eight presents. Hmm. Do you feel that they did that so they could kind of like best the Christians? Well. (laughs) Who just get presents for like Christmas Eve and Christmas morning? Right. So historically, um, Hanukkah does not really have a tradition of gift giving. I know. And then kids felt bummed. My guess is that kids were bummed. And they're like, oh, you want to do presents? All right, we'll do eight days uh-huh. worth of presents. Yeah, we'll best you. We'll best you. By a multiple of four. Yeah, yeah, which is quite significant. Um, so a lot of Jewish children get many presents. Over the course of over, many days. Over, right. It's like eight Christmases. So then it used to be that the Christian kids were laughing at them, but now they yeah, laugh at the Christian kids. Yeah, laughing now. Yeah. Yep. How did so it get started? eight presents. Do you know? Like in what years? Um, well, what I've read um, is that when Christmas became a national holiday in the United States in the late 19th century, there was a shift to gift giving for Hanukkah. Is that right? Yeah. Jews so when you were a little girl, would you get them? Sometimes. Um, well, that builds a big expectation. Yeah. Then they'd <laughs> fall off the next year. You know, my family was really inconsistent with things. So sometimes my father might light 
a couple of candles during the eight days, but he might skip like a day or two. And sometimes I would get Hanukkah gelt, which is the the chocolate wrapped coins. up in foil. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes Those are pretty it would good. be yeah. Sometimes yeah. kind of waxy chocolate. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's like probably really corn syrupy. It's normally like milk chocolate. Doesn't really. I like dark chocolate, but um, yeah. So we were we were inconsistent with celebrating that. So sometimes I might get multiple presents. Sometimes, you know. But they but never I, they never rolled out for you all eight. Uh no no not consistently and that and that was fine with me I I. I wasn't like a huge like give me gifts. I would like to think that I was not a super. Oh, I was like that big child. time, man. <laughs> spoiled rotten. Uh, we're gonna do a thing for for people. We're gonna do like a, Han- a Hanukkah. Uh, yeah. Do you for, spell it with the CH or the H? So there. Uh, so I don't I don't speak Hebrew, um, but the transliteration. I think there's kind of still a uh, a back and forth between spelling it. H A N U K K A H, and then C H A N U K A H. Do you want to hear me speak Hebrew? Go ahead. <laughs> Baruch Adatai. <laughs> no, Baruch Adatai Eloheinu. Baruch Adatai Denoi. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did that? Were you pretty impressed? Yeah, that was pretty good. Do it again. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech Halam. No, yeah, I knew no, 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 I used to know no, no, all no, no, that. No, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, say chicharrones once. Chicharrones. Yeah, see, that's not even <laughs> remotely Hebrew. I just heard that the other day. Uh, so let's say, let's say for our Jewish, our Jewish too. listeners who like to do the Hanukkah tradition. Yeah. You can go to the meat eater store, the meat eater merch store, yeah. and here's a great gift list. Okay, on day one, get your special loved one, uh, our gnome. Packing out a unicorn T-shirt, which is a gnome with a severed unicorn's head strapped to his backpack, and he's got his crazy gnome bow. Day two, you can get him our uh, engraved meat eater cutting board. Day three, you can get him the complete set of meat eater spices, our charismatic mega spices. Day four, you can get him a, our gnome reeling in a mermaid shirt, which is a as we merge as a somewhat controversial shirt. We've talked about this. It's a gnome. It's crazy. The same gnome that caught that killed the unicorn is out fishing and he's reeling in a mermaid who's fighting hard. Uh, some people have thought that it, that it's that it's uh, suggestive that people eat mermaid meat and they felt that it's <laughs> controversial. I've I don't know what's happening between the gnome and the mermaid. Um, Almost as it's a, it's a land of fantasy. Almost, could say. my brother looked at it and he thought that the mermaid was going to pull the gnome in and eat the gnome. Oh. Um, I thought that it was an elaborate courtship ritual. But either way, <laughs> it's a gnome uh, reeling in a mermaid. We also have, for the fifth day of Hanukkah, you get a Lavian Eagle t-shirt, a Genuine Giannis t-shirt. Um, explain the Lavian Eagle logo. Hmm, I didn't prepare for this one. Um, it's an eagle. Uh, symbolizes the Latvian eagle, and then it's it's sort of like the it's we use there's a crest there's a Latvian crest that we use the three stars from, and the three stars represent the three regions of Latvia, so that's part of it. <laughs> um, and then it says the Latvian eagle and meteor on it. It's pretty simple, really. On the on the sixth day, you can get them some. You know, me and Yanni, uh, little known fact, me and Yanni are run, uh, running for president. Um, <laughs> Runella, Runella, ugh. See, I'm tripping so hard on nutmeg. 
<laughs> Better hunting and fishing for America, yep. folks. Ronello Patel is twenty twenty. Our campaign slogan, of course, is "Better hunting and fishing for America." You can follow along the campaign. Uh, we got a campaign release video we came out with. There's a I, I heard tell there's a negative ad about me and Yanni coming out soon. Um, Biden and Trump put together a, a, a negative attack ad about me and Yanni. I, I told you they're going to come at us from both sides. And yeah, they they teamed up to come after me and Yanni. <laughs> Sons um, of bitches. Says get, a lot. Says you, a lot. You can get bumper stickers. Uh, you can get uh, Ronella Patel's 2020 Better Hunting and Fishing for America t-shirts. You get all that for that person. Then, on the seventh day, you get him a gnome Sasquatch shirt. And here, our same crazy gnome. It's modeled after the old picture of a grizzly bear who's kind of attacking a mountain man, but he's got his bowie knife out. And he's like clearly going to best the grizzly. Well, this Yeti Sasquatch, Bigfoot, has a grip on the gnome, and the gnome is about to turn the tides with his bowie knife. And then on the eighth day, you can get any number of our bandana series, our instructional bandana series. We have how to flay a fish, how to gut a deer, and how to kill a turkey. Well, like everything you need to know about turkeys, all in the bandana. At first, we were running a real scratchy sort of cotton, but now tell them what that is, Yanni. We got a new microfiber one. Yeah, it's the world's largest lens wipe. Mm-hmm. In the world. That's right. Going to be some excited kids underneath that tree. Yeah. That's for Hanukkah. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I missed all around that those works. candles. Is, yes. Around those candles. Burning yeah. all them candles in the window, sitting there with all that meat eater merch. You know, I was going to mention that I, I think that it, it levels out because the Jewish kids that I knew growing up, they didn't get presents every evening. They got a present. And so at the end of it, they got eight presents. Um, yeah, but that's but, a lot. Yeah, you don't think your kids are getting eight presents apiece <laughs> oh, Christmas morning? Well, Sandy Claus brings some. Mom and Dad brings some. Grandma right. brings a pickup load. Now, the kids that really make out, <laughs> the kids that really make out are the ones that have a Christian mother or father and a Jewish mother or father, oh, like my buddy Saul from high school that you've met. Oh, yeah. He's a climber. And, uh, he's a big climber. So he'd roll right through eight days of Hanukkah and then be like, sweet, wonder what's going to be under the and tree. And then he gets like another truckload of presents. Yeah. Made. Imagine the media merch that dude could rake in. As a child of divorce, I can say that was pretty lucrative as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because they, they they're trying to outduel each other. It was great. Was I mean, line. you know. Did you, did you play it too? Were you no, like, oh, no, no. my, you're uh, pretty <laughs> special. I mean, now, Dad, I mean, not like that, but, I mean, you're pretty special. <laughs> I wasn't that bad. No. I spent so many years living out of my truck that uh, I could never quite get across the fact that I couldn't. I, I enjoyed the thought behind presents, but I couldn't really accept the presents because I'd be like, this is a great frame picture. <laughs> um it's going to look awesome on your wall, and I'll appreciate it whenever I'm here. Oh, yeah. Because I... You had nowhere to put anything. Yeah, am I supposed to, like, screw it to the roof of my truck? <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, when everybody gets their presents, any, this, this is true for people who celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas. Everybody's going to get their presents, and um, inevitably... Do you know many people who, for Hanukkah, get gift cards? Um, Sure. Yeah, I guess that's a thing. Like one of the days, your parents yeah, are just sure. like, they got yeah. no, they're just yeah, played out. Yeah, can't think about it. Yeah. Stick just, a gift card yeah, in there. Exactly. Everybody gets gift cards, and then everybody gets returns. So, you know, you get an Amazon gift card, whatever, um, or you get something stupid, and you return it, and you get a cash credit. 
So that leaves you in the awkward position. And also, you might be listening to this after Christmas, so none of this has any relevancy to you. But you're sitting there with a gift card. You got an Amazon gift card. So now you're wondering, oh, yeah, I don't know what to do with my gift card. So now uh, Mark Kenyon, a very special and lovely Mark Kenyon, is going to have a suggestion for what one might do with their gift card this holiday season. Just a shameless plug? Yeah. Sell me on it. Well, you Mark's could, much anticipated book. You could pick up that wild country, an epic journey through the past, present, and future of America's public lands. Yeah, I wrote a book. The first time we tried to bring this book up, Mark got um, <laughs> he felt there was a, something bad would happen if he talked about it too early. Oh well, yeah, the publishers were like, like you would oh, jinx on, it, like you would on. jinx it or something. Yeah, but it's but all, it's out. It's out there. That wild country. Yep. Tell us, there, tell us all about it, Mark. Put a Christmas spin on it. Oh boy. <laughs> Now you're throwing me for a loop. Well, you could try, I, I, I would try something like this. I would say oh. um, everyone knows the uh, joy of receiving a great <laughs> gift. Well, there's no greater gift than America's public lands. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, but, try something like that. But just to, to get a gift means one thing, but to understand the thought behind that gift, maybe let's Dude. call it the history behind that gift. That's good. It means that much more, and that's what I try to do with this book. I, uh, <laughs> that was wonderful, Mark. Yeah, I, I do my best. I mean, it's too complicated for people, but, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. The, the cliff notes on the book was that I love public lands but didn't understand how we got these places. You know, 2015, 2016, there was all Like they fell from outer space. Yeah, you wondered, you know, how did we get to this point that it was such a contentious issue? And that I had places I'd go hunt, fish, camp, etc. So I decided if I didn't know that story, if I didn't understand how we got to this point, there's probably a lot of other people out there who were in the same boat, especially if you didn't live in the middle of them, say here in Montana. Um, so I started diving into that myself, trying to understand that story, that history and what was going on presently. And then went and spent as much time as I possibly could in those places to kind of have a physical context for that. And how many that, states did you travel to? Mm, at least... Eight or t- between eight and ten, I think, for that. Um, so yeah, ranging from Montana, pack rafting and fly fishing in the Bob Marshall Wilderness, up to the UP of Michigan, backpacking and pictured rocks, down into Arizona and Utah, um, north, south, east, west, a little bit of everything. Everything from hunting and fishing to backpacking and camping and peak bagging. When you were doing the book, did you, um, as you're doing all your research? All along, were you thinking like, oh, that makes sense, oh, that makes sense? Or did you hit some parts where you're like, what? There were definitely moments of, I didn't know that, that that explains things. More of those types of moments where it's, ha, now I get it. Yeah. This is all kind of coming together. Um, it's, It's no surprise to me now that they are so contentious and controversial in certain ways because one of the things that makes them so special, which is that they're... For all of us, they're co-owned by all of us. We can use them for so many different things. That's also what makes them so challenging to work with. So um, uh, there's just a whole lot of stakeholders with a whole lot of different ideas about how to use them and manage them. And that makes them tricky but special. Now, you uh, in the book, you obviously approached it with a bias, mm-hmm. right? Like you didn't set out to be like, should we have public lands or not? It's like you came at you, you're a lover of public lands, and so you set yeah. out to write a book. Um, explaining them, right, and and advocating for them. Did you come away from the whole project uh, more sympathetic to the anti-public land sentiment, or did you come away more baffled by by anti-public land sentiment? I would say it... 
I would not call myself sympathetic to, but understanding of some of the challenges and complaints around it. When you look at, uh, there was a trend in public land policy that might have made things more difficult for some users of public lands. And I came to better understand that. And I guess you could say sympathetic to some of those users who might now be viewed as anti-public land to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sympathetic with the most radical of those elements. You've got folks like the Bundys who take it so much further than I think it ever should. But sure, I'm willing to listen to someone who wants to use these lands for some form of extraction or some form of grazing or whatever it might be. Those are good, honest Americans that have a perspective too. Um, So you got to approach it with a little bit of an open mind. We say... You, you know, you you, tip, you you try to, like, put a spin on your adversaries. And oftentimes you put a spin on your adversaries that they're not comfortable with. Like, we talk about people who are against public land. But the people who are against public land don't say that, like, they don't say, like, I'm against public land. They say something different. Like, tell me, like, tell me how they would describe, like, what is an anti-public lands person from his perspective? Well, it's typically going to be someone who is more so anti-federal government in a lot of ways believing that there's an overreach of regulation, taking away freedoms or something like that. They might say that we are restricting their use or restricting their economic freedom. The founding like fathers that. never intended. Right. So they'll... they'll Never intended common folk to be able to go outside. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be that kind of thing. They very rarely will come right out and say, oh, well, you're keeping me from making more money. Um, big business, at least. But but yeah, I mean everybody everybody comes to this though looking at it from their own individual lens of how you use these lands. So it is it is easy to be biased. And I like you said, I've come to it realizing that and trying to as much as possible step outside of that a little bit and try to understand. But it's hard to do that given the passions and the things that we love to do. Um, but what I found is that what we're in now has been going on for decades and it will continue to. So there's never going to be a happy ending, I don't think. It's always going to be a push and pull. And I think that might have been my greatest takeaway, was that we just better be prepared for that tug of war to continue. And it's incumbent on us to stand up and pull really hard. Did you, in, in doing the book, did you feel that the, that the partisan aspect of it was cumbersome to deal with? Because most, you know, I mean, the, what we regard as sort of like anti-federally managed public land sentiment is, I mean, in recent years, it's like, it's like a Republican thing, right? Like the Republican Party had a, like, they, they need to give this up, in my mind, like wholeheartedly. But they had a thing where there is sort of a plank in the party platform is this, you know, kind of like nascent opposition to federally managed public lands. And that, that doesn't embody every person in that party, but the party in general. So when you're writing the book, did you ever feel like you're sort of like picking on one political party at the expense of another? I'm sorry, picking like picking on certain political parties and praising certain political parties because right now it is sort of this partisan debate, unfortunately. Yeah, that was the most... That, that's me saying it's unfortunate because right. I think it's terribly unfortunate. No, I was going to say that was the most frustrating aspect of the whole thing was that A, I hate that it's become partisan. B, I don't understand how there, how this could be because this, this is about as American of an idea as I can think of, that being democratized land and, and a resource like this that all Americans can use and benefit from. So yeah, it's frustrating. It's also challenging to be able to have conversations around partisan issues without half of the group just shutting off. Yeah, when I was reading your book, that was the thing that stuck out. I mean, it's funny because like the father of the American public land system was 
you know, Republican, but it was yeah, TR. D- different at the time, right? The same way, I mean, you know, the, the, the party, I mean, you know, what it means Republican changed radically three years ago. Yeah. So you have that, but in reading the book, I kept being like, wow, it's kind of like, unfo- like when you look at like who's behind what and who's doing what, it, it was like unfortunate. It made me feel like, really, man. Well, yeah, these guys got to pull. It, these guys got to pull it together, dude. And, and that's the thing I tried to make clear, though, in the book was that I don't think it should be a Republican or Democratic issue. And I approached it from, "Hey, I'm right in the middle." Personally, I came from a conservative Republican background. I certainly um, still support some things on that side. I support some other ideas too. Um, I'm going to stand with anybody who's willing to stand up for these places. So I tried to make it clear within the book I'm not attacking the Republican Party. I'm attack. I'm attacking. I am attacking an idea that right now the Republicans are supporting that I think is a big mistake on their part. Yeah. Um, and that's what changes all the time. Like I said, like three years ago, th- th- it was a party of free trade. Yeah. Right. And now right. like magically it's not. So it, yeah, it, it could, it could hopefully will change around. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Canyon, uh, we're going to, we're going to, everybody's going to go pick up. Take, you, you know what? Thank Listen, you. don't even read the book. Just go buy it. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. If you don't buy Mark's book, um, none of us, none of us, we're going to kill Yanni <laughs> if you don't buy Mark's book. Wow. So think about that. Sacrificial that's not a very, that's not a very good winter solstice it, type of it, we're gonna. It's going to be horrible. Um, we're going to pull all his fingernails out. And then, um, oh, you know what a guy was just telling me about? This is what I'm going to do to Yanni. I was just talking to a journalist who used to work in Washington State, you know, mm-hmm. and he was working on a story about these, these, uh, this little meth group. This little meth production group, and they had a fallen out with one of their oh, associates. Kind of like a theater group. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah very structured, very similar to a theater group. But they were in the meth, uh, rather than the, the production of drama, they were in the production of meth, and they had a fallen out with one of their associates, and they uh, tied him up to a tree out in the woods and covered him in bacon, thinking that he would be tortured and killed by a bear. <laughs> And he, he wrote a piece about this. But then it wound up being that the guy was able to get the bacon and kind of like wiggle it down in around the ropes and was able to grease <laughs> his wrists and grease his ropes wow. and slip out of the hold of the ropes thanks to the bacon grease. And it was his favorite story he ever wrote. He said that every year around that time, he reshares it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I talking about that? Oh, yeah, because we'll kill Yanni like that if everybody doesn't buy Mark's book. So if you want to keep Yanni alive, send us a picture holding Mark's book, and then <laughs> we'll not. We're, we're going to start probably in a day or two pulling the fingernails. Um, we'll we'll broadcast his uh, cries of agony. Sorry, honest. And and and, and, I, and I imagine sales will skyrocket. So take your gift certificate. How much is the book? Fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks. Steal. Yeah. Steal. Learn Total about steal. public lands. That way, when you're sitting around and you're talking to some yabots, that's Yiddish. I think, isn't it? <laughs> I, I've never heard that word before. Oh, Yabots? <laughs> yeah, My dad had three primary insults. He would call people <laughs> Were they a, all in Yiddish? <laughs> no. One was Italian. Mingula Morta. And I've checked with Italians. And it's like a... Like I've a, never heard of it. it a, a Mingula Morta would be someone who is dead below the waist. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a very certain type of person. Thanks. Some people would be a horse's ass. And that was a very specific type of person. And some people would be a yabots, which was a very specific type of person in his mind. My father's Italian, and horse's ass is one of his go-tos as well. <laughs> no joke. Horse's yeah, ass. A type of guy. You horse's ass? Yeah, a very, like a type of guy was a horse's ass. <laughs> um, 
You trying to look up Yaba? Don't 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 yeah, fact check me on this. Listen. No, I just want to know what it means. Uh, yaba. It means like uh, what you are if you don't buy Mark's book. <laughs> um, why was I talking about Yiddish? Probably has so many words. Why was I talking about Yabatzes for fifteen bucks? For buy two, book. and that oh. way you can share one. If they are, they're like, I got some questions about this public land stuff. Just say, you know what? Read this and yeah, I know what I was going to say now. When you're talking to some yabots and you're arguing with him about you're arguing, you're talking to some horse's ass and you're arguing with him about public lands and he's like, you'll be able to regale him with facts you learned out of Mark's book. There you go. Yeah, you had your hand up. No, I did not. I don't think you're supposed to wear a Santa's hat that way. It's a elf hat. Oh. Oh. That's how they wear it? How am I? Oh, because the ball's in the front? Yeah, no, there you go. That looks a lot better. Giannis is into that Christmas wrap. <laughs> You're showing, showing me some stuff today. So. Yeah, I like that. Little, little John, John Kool Aid man. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Seven house and pepper, six cheeks of grouper, five big old back straps, four mincemeat pies, three fried perch, two smoked goobrests, and a squirrel in a crock pot. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me acorn, beaver ham, seven house and pepper, six cheeks of grouper, five big old back straps. Four mincemeat pies, three fried perch, two smoked goobers, and a squirrel in a crock pot. Phil, we're it. Hit us with, uh, hit everyone, hit our listeners with our, uh, with our tradition song. From Fiddler on the Roof. It's not a Christmas movie. Tradition! Tradition! That's right. We reached out to people to give us their favorite, that's not even a holiday song. Did you grow up watching a lot of Fiddler on the Roof? Yes. Yeah, but you're Catholic. She did. <laughs> you know, in, in, in my in my uh, in in my lineage, on, you sit around watching um, the one where Jimmy Stewart wants to jump off the bridge. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. life. Wonderful life. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful yes. life. Yes. Did you guys watch Fiddler on the Roof at all? Were you raised to watch Fiddler on the Roof? Uh, no, not really. I mean, my high school put on Fiddler on the Roof as a play. Oh, so you know about it? I know about it. Yeah. The high school put it on. Mm-hmm. Huh. Every year, the senior class did a Oh, because you were raised you were raised in New York. I was raised in New York. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. My brother loves that movie. We did an episode once um, where we sang it, but we sang it. It was about how to get hunting permissions. And we did that song. We do permissions, permissions. <laughs> remember that, Mark? I do remember that. It's stuck in my head ever since. Uh, hit it again, Phil. Permissions, permissions. So uh, we reached out to people on Instagram at Stephen Ranella and uh, asked people to share with us their best, or no, about best. We're uh, just their hunting and fishing traditions, hunting and fishing holiday traditions. Our holiday tra- personally, but like weird ones, weird or like ones. funny something. something well, that's the ones different. we picked. Yeah, that's true. We yeah. picked the ones. Our Christmas, like Christmas, is the probably the worst day of hunting on the planet. Every Christmas we would go out. Why is it the worst day? Where I lived. It was just horrible hunting. It was horrible hunting. The it, conditions. Oh usually yeah, you'd be like, you'd be huh? wading out, you'd wade out in the crotch deep snow. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, all the dumb squirrels are dead. It's not like great for rabbits yet. Like rabbits would get good later when you get like kind of compacted snow. You could walk around on. You start getting sunny days. Days that start getting longer. Rabbits want to be out. It's like a short ass day. All the 
dumb squirrels are dead. It's just smart squirrels. All the leaves are down. So the squirrels see you come from a million miles away. Hunting at, you know, scrub oak, jack pine. Just horrible. But we would open our stuff up and then we'd head out into the cold and snow. And if and if we, four or five of us, pounded it hard and we got a squirrel or two, we'd be happy. Traditions. <laughs> that was our tradition. Tradition. That's right, Bill. Tradition. <laughs> that was our... Did you guys have any good ones? A lot of our... Not around hunting. No hunting and fishing traditions? I had one. And this is one that a lot of our audience wrote in about. Uh, Guys from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has a a traditional flintlock muzzleloader season. Flintlocks only. Patched round ball, buckhorn sights, and it opens the day after Christmas, right? So over Christmas break, same thing as you. like a piece of flint strikes a piece of metal and shoots a spark down into a little hole. You could not use a cap lock. (laughs) That was too modern for Pennsylvania. Had to be a flintlock. So what was cool was, because it's the same thing as you said. It was always deep snow, shitty conditions. The deer had been kind of pounded, right? But a very traditional gift was a flintlock muzzleloader kit, right? So you couldn't use it that year. You start sanding. Well, you'd start, you start, yeah, sanding. start sanding that day, right? <laughs> and so by the time next Christmas came, you could take last year's present out and do the flintlock hunt. I used to uh, force the sisters out. I wouldn't force, but I would strongly encourage them to come out and Go just on. do a quick bird hunt with me out uh, at mom's place. Where, we, um, where is that? Uh, in Shepherd, Montana, outside of Billings. Okay. And uh, It's where your mom raised sheep in Shepherd. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Was that intentional? Uh, was that a tradition? I, uh, <laughs> no. No, it was uh, the fact that those two are very uh, fiscally conservative, and they found the ugliest ranch that had already been <laughs> sheep-fenced and uh, By that, you mean, dashed they, my dreams. No, you don't mean fiscally conservative as much as frugal. Very frugal. Yeah. But you hunt geese on that place now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, um, that's a nice permission. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I'd, uh, you know, give all the girls a shotgun and we'd go walk the ditch for pheasants. Um, and they were... That my sisters were all, you know, very, very safe to the point where there was always at least one rooster on the ditch. Uh, my dogs would be working their butts off and the bird would get up. The girls would track the bird with the shotgun, never squeezing the trigger. And that was the entire hunt. Uh, because they, they were just not trigger happy. Right. They were just like, man, I don't know what's going to happen if I hit this trigger. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Yanni? No, I don't think I have a hunting fishing tradition. Oh, you already told me that. Yeah. That's terrible. Tradition. <laughs> no, hey. I, mean, I appreciate the sentiment, but he didn't have a tradition. That is a tradition. Oh. Tradition. <laughs> Mark? Uh, nothing here either. <laughs> what, you, I understand. What do you guys, like, you guys just sitting around in your butts? Uh, well, you know, my one or hunting and fishing related tradition, I guess, on Christmas, I always got a hunting or fishing magazine, and I would read that on my butt. But it's hunting season. <laughs> yeah, but it was Christmas, and Mom yeah. said stay in the house. Glad we asked these people. Yeah. This guy, uh, when he was seven, he got a pellet gun for Christmas, and uh, he goes to his, his he goes out and starts just harvesting birds. He calls it an opportunistic hunt, and pretty soon he's coming back with a sack containing some blue jays. 
doves, pigeons, and a pileated woodpecker. Ooh. And his grand, uh, his, his ma comes out, freaks out on him, and says, uh, you know, I'm going to make you eat one every one of those. He says, I'm going to plan on eating them anyway. And his grandpa came out and said, me too. So him and his grandpa, who was born during the Depression, sat down and, and they ate up their birds. And then from then on, every year, they'd do what he calls, the, again, they would do an opportunistic hunt for Christmas. <laughs> Another guy rolled in it. Christmas Day, they'd always have their eyes on some, I don't really understand this. He had some spots where there was a lot of doves that would congregate in parking lots of businesses. And since they knew that the businesses were closed on Christmas Day, they would hit those spots. Um, another guy rolled in that every year he makes plans with his buddy to go hunt. And every year his buddy cancels the plans. And then every year he has a real good hunt. And he's come to believe that there's some kind of higher juju at play here. So now whenever his buddy calls and cancels, he gets real excited that he's going to get something. <laughs> guy says they, uh, one guy says they always hang their unfilled game tags on the Christmas tree. Oh, that's that. cool. Um, this guy's, uh, my old stepdad's family treated the first day of squirrel season as if it was a holy day. By always having a, this is kind of like a playoff Christmas Eve. They'd have a Squirrel's Eve family dinner and celebrate the night before. Then they'd get up and meet at Waffle House at 3 a.m. and then go get them. <laughs> they used to also like to, on the holidays, they would like to go shoot pigeons out of the barn. And he got to be of the age where they told him to go in and spook the pigeons. He didn't really know what they meant, and he went in and blew a hole through the barn roof. <laughs> a guy, uh, he says they used to hang their quivers up instead of their stockings so Santa Claus can give them new arrows. Oh, I love that one. I'm stealing it. Guy says, quote, I take the old lady and the hound out and shoot down our Christmas tree with a 12-gauge. <laughs> wow. Guy says, we... <laughs> guy says, we shoot our... No, the second guy, we shoot our tree down with a shotgun. We call it Christmas tree hunting. <laughs> Another guy says, we've been doing this for probably 12 or 15 years. It started when my dad and I went lion hunting with the secondary objective of cutting down a Christmas tree while out. We found a tree to harvest but realized we had forgot to saw our axe so we shot it down with Dad's thirty thirty. It's been a tradition ever since. A guy wrote in, uh, they eat pickled tongue, but the thing he brought up was Boxing Day. You guys know what Boxing Day is? Isn't that Canadian? Yeah, it's Canada. the day after Christmas in yeah. Canada. Yeah. They, they box all their shit up? I don't know what they do. I think they all fought. But someone told me that they just that, that he thinks it's because you box all your stuff up and go home. It's a holiday. Yeah. Sounds fun. Do we not have any Canadians in the office? <laughs> no, not that I know about. It's a tradition. <laughs> Uh, guy, his dad always saved his deer he shot in the fall so he could use them to make reindeer tracks outside. That's a good mm, idea. That's cute. I had that happen to me when I was a kid. Woke up one one morning and there was reindeer tracks all over, and Santa wrote a message in the snow. You sure, it wasn't whitetail tracks. Well, <laughs> some kind of tracks. Well, but I feel like the, you should know. If at, anybody. The, at the time, I didn't. I mean, I know you didn't hunt on Christmas. <laughs> <I but>. was, <laughs> so you weren't that dedicated. I was easily fooled. Yeah, you were but naive. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed that. Can we jump back to the opportunity hunter yet? Oh, the guy that hunts all the songbirds with his gramps? Yeah. Yeah, go on. It's not poaching. It's opportunity hunting. That's what his grandpa from the Depression would call it. <laughs> That's what his grandpa called an opportunistic Don't. Hunt. I like to point out, I don't uh, condone do, do, opportunity yeah, yeah. I don't know. that. Do I, do, do I need to take the time to point out that one shouldn't go out and, on Christmas Day and kill pileated woodpeckers <laughs> and eat them with your gramps? Uh, yeah. Phil, did you feel that? <laughs> Unfortunately. Okay. Sorry. To back up, uh, not that I'm supportive of it, uh, you know. This was a funny story. Not that I'm supportive of it. Uh, I, I just tell him like it is. Uh, he wrote in. Um, 
I'm not speeding, officer. I'm taking advantage of the opportunity if there's nobody else on the road and going very fast. Have a nice day. It's an, oppor- it's an opportunistic It's drive. a tradition. <laughs> tradition. Uh, where are we? This guy's saying that every Christmas Eve... So his mom and dad had a deal where his mom had to wrap up the presents. So his old man would take him out to Fish Snook under the bridge in Marco. Where's Marco? Florida? Florida. Okay. So guy from Marco, Florida. Christmas Eve comes around. Mom needs to wrap up all the presents. Dad takes him to Fish Snook under the bridge. One time they're out there on Christmas Eve and his old man, they get a stingray and get it in. And somehow his old man gets the barb through his thick leather work boot out the other side. Oh. So he cuts the stingray's barb off, even though it's stuck in his leg. So now he just shows up with a stingray barb in his leg. The nurse on duty, uh, somehow she gets the idea to put hot water on to neutralize the pain, but uses uh, such scolding hot water that it thoroughly blisters the old man's foot. They eventually get the barb out. He shows up back home, and he's got the stingray barb, which they extracted Tied around his neck as a necklace. <laughs> Says, we'll always remember Christmas 2002. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy oh. says what they like to do on Christmas is they bond by going out and hunting pack rats. Uh, the two kids take 22s and the mom and dad bust up the pack rat mound so everybody can shoot. Oh, that's good, clean fun. <laughs> Family do you, do you fun. Eat, do you eat pack rats? Uh, he, didn't, he didn't say. My guess would be... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak for him. Um, <laughs> this guy says, I ignore my family. I go fishing instead. <laughs> this guy says that every year Gramps would get out. Oh, Chef Cato. This guy's a good dude. He says that uh, every year Gramps would get out whiskey and pour a shot down the barrel of his single shot 12 gauge. Oh. He was thanking it for all the game it brought. Mm. <laughs> like that. That's, deep. That's deep and touching. Um, my grandfather would take my dad and I out quail hunting. And we couldn't quit until we all got our limit. If the hunting was tough, I'd end up eating some of his old Vienna sausages that he'd put down by the pickup's floor heater to warm them up. <laughs> he always had some stale saltines to go with them. Uh, this guy, they like to shoot, I'm not quite sure, they like to shoot bottle rockets at the outhouse. This guy, anyone? That's what the holidays are all about. That's what the holidays are all about. Um... This guy, his old man's got a cannon he likes to pull out. It's a miniature cannon, and it perfectly fits a 20-gauge shell. So he takes the, pours the shot out, leaves the wad and the powder and the primer intact, and instead of where the fuse would go, he shoves this shell up in there and strikes it with a hammer. <laughs> guy reports this louder than hell. <laughs> Tradition. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Nine buck-tongue tacos, eight corn, beater ham, seven hoss and fat for six Cheeks of grouper, five big old backstraps Four mince meat pies, three fried perch, two smoked coopers And a squirrel in a crock pot On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Ten gator sliders, nine buck-tongue tacos, eight corn, beer ham, seven hoss and pepper, six cheeks of grouper, five big old backstraps, four mixed meat pies, three fried perch, two smoked coopers, and a squirrel in a crock pot. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 
Eleven pants, two frog legs, ten gator sliders, nine buck truck tacos, eight corn beaver ham, seven hoss and pfeffer, six cheeks of grouper, five big old back straps, four mincemeat pies, three fried perch, two smoked coopers, and a squirrel in a crock pot. Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. Yeah, I apply for everything everywhere. It's dawning. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched hunt research tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. Onyx Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground, insight and knowledge, and a membership to Hunt Reminder so you never miss another deadline. Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. Hey, everybody. I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith who, over recent months, I've become friends with. And my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, Watch that video, and in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now for the first time, They're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company. Working knives for working people. 10% off with the code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. Man, I'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in Wisconsin. Now, last year at youth turkey season, it rained and snowed the whole time. This year at youth turkey season, it was in the 70s and even up to 80. So me and my kids are pouring it to it. And after a while, I realized they didn't drink anything all day and they haven't drank anything all day. Well, that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're going to like to help you, encourage you to get hydrated. doesn't matter. Outdoor events, turkey hunting, playing sports, beach days, mountain adventures. Summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Tear, pour, live more. 
One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. I'll say that again. Hydrates better than water alone. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code MEATEATER at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MEATEATER at liquidiv.com. I got a little story I'll tell because it was kind of about what we were just talking about, about deer, using deer prints on the snow outside. When we were kids, my parents would get the neighbors. They, they, we, they had like a leather, it was like a half of a belt that had a bunch of bells on it. I don't know what you call it, but you could like hang it off of a door, you know, yeah. so when you open the door, the bells jingle. That thing was like part of the Christmas kit. They'd, they'd, they'd whoop you guys with it. They would get the neighbors... To, they would them. give all the presents. We had no presents Christmas morning under the tree. There was zero. We'd open a bunch Christmas Eve like that were from each other. Mm-hmm. Christmas morning, no presents under the tree. Then you'd be sitting around and having some breakfast, and then all of a sudden you'd hear jingle, jingle, jingle. And we'd be like, what? Did you hear that? Go by that window. And everybody would run to the window, and then by some other window you'd hear jingle, jingle, jingle. And like then, it's daylight out. Yeah, daylight out. And then and then all of a sudden at the front door, there'd be like a really big jingle noise and whatever. And we'd run to the front door and you open the door and there'd be a giant sack full of presents. Oh, that's a good that's one. That's cool. Uh, who would drop them off? The neighbor. <laughs> Santa. <laughs> Santa would drop them off. Well, well, that was your guys' tradition? Hit the song, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. That's nice, man. That's nice. Thanks for sharing. All right. Yeah. That is yeah. a good do, one. Yeah, do, you, thank do, you. Do, you, do you do that in your family? Oh. No, we haven't. No, my kids are already like, there's no such thing. Oh, man. Oh, dude, you got to tell them the truth. Yanni area has them paying taxes. (laughs) (laughs) No, what's really odd, though, at our house is that we have, like, they staunchly are uh, are non-believers of Santa Claus and karma. I tried to drop karma on them the other day, and they're like, "That's the craziest Dude, shit we've yeah. ever heard." Yeah, you're like, if some guy but, doesn't, you're telling me some guy doesn't show but, up and drop off presents, but, I sure should not believe in that. <laughs> they lose a tooth. And dude, they are all in on writing that letter to, we've named her Pearly White, or Pearl White, I forget which one we use, but they're all into writing that letter, and they are very serious. And like, there's no questioning whether or not she, the fairy comes and s- trades out te- dental work for cash, but uh, yeah, Santa Claus and uh, Karma, they're not into it. So y- Yanni, speaking of that, did you hear that noise? What is that noise? It wasn't bells, was it? Oh, hey! hey! What? It's oh. son of a bitch! It's <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas miracle! It's oh, a big man himself. That's karma. Oh my, Stephen! Oh, this is great. <laughs> you gotta be Steven. kidding me! The Use the mic, Santa. The special holiday. The special holiday special, oh. boys and girls. This is called the kids' corner of the special holiday oh. special. When we get a visit from big man himself. Oh. <laughs> and you, Steven. you people who might not appreciate uh, how special Santa is, let me let me hit you with this. This is something I like to revisit. This is uh, this some stats pulled by Spy Magazine many years ago. This establishes how miraculous the, the, Santa Claus. Just how special it is to have him here. This man in our this man here in our presence, he every year services an estimated three hundred and seventy eight million Christian children. If you imagine that 15% of those Christian children are bad and don't get anything, so he doesn't need to do anything for them, and you give it that you have a whopping 3.5 Christian children per household, 
This man still is visiting every year 91.8 million homes. Even with the rotation of the earth, he's only got 31 hours of darkness to get it done. This man, in our presence right here, visiting us here today, can pull off 822.6 home visits per second. It takes him a thousandth of a second to pull off a single home visit. Not counting transoceanic legs of his trip, this man travels 72,522,000 miles every Christmas. He's going 650 miles per second. He's going 3,000 times the speed of sound. If he were to only bring each kid a measly two pounds of presents, this man pulls 321,000 tons of toys behind him in his sleigh. His lead reindeer... His lead reindeer at these speeds is absorbing 14.3 quintillion joules of energy per second. If these were normal reindeer, he would be sloughing off. If these were normal, first off, these are normal reindeer. He would need 214,200 reindeer to pull that load. In 4.26 thousandths of a second, 214 reindeer at this speed will be sloughed off into char. <laughs> at the, at those speeds, Steve, Stephen, I'm not a numbers guy, but and that sounds wonderful. This man sitting here today is subjected to centrifugal forces 17,500 times greater than the Earth's gravitational force. He is pinned to the back of his sled with 4,375,015 tons of force at those speeds, ladies and gentlemen, Santa Claus. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. If he can't do that, if he can't do that, then he damn sure wouldn't be able to write a good poem. Damn right. Listen, Stephen, uh, I hear you have three children. Three children? That's correct. One girl and two boys? That's correct. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm not familiar with your program. The elves were telling me all about it. Sounds lovely. Uh, They told me you have three children. Uh, One one girl and two boys, is that correct? (laughs) Yes, that's correct, Santa. Your first boy's name is Ryan. Incorrect. Your girl's name is Janice. Incorrect. And your second boy's name is Mark. Is that correct? Oh, no, you're right. That's correct. That's correct. That's lovely. You have a television program. I'm, I've not seen it. Yes, I'm very I do. busy, as you well I do. know. I do, yes. It's, it's on, on Netflix, Santa. Netflix? <laughs> that's, lo- that's, that's wonderful. I'm very proud of all of you. Merry Christmas. And you're not welcome at the North Pole. Because the elves tell me that you kill reindeer. <laughs> On occasion, I have. <laughs> we won't speak of it. What do you need now from me? Um, very, very busy. For kid, to round out Kids Corner in the first annual special holiday special, uh, uh, we would like a poem. You would like a poem. And knowing the incredible feats you're capable of, I feel like it's a small thing to I've ask. I've just written it. Just now. <laughs> Are you ready? Steve? I am ready. It's called Twas the Night Before Deer Season. I've just written it. <laughs> In the last minute. Are you ready, Anthony? I'm ready, Santa. You're naughty. <laughs> Twas the night before deer season, when all through the woods, the hunters were prepping all of their goods. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> Quiet, Stephen. Santa's talking. You Shush it. The base layers were hung in the wall tent with care. 
in hopes that first light soon would be there. Giannis, or Janice, was nestled all snug in his cot, with visions of crosshairs and taking the shot. With, and Cal in his lip broom, and Steve in his wool, they each had a bottle of whiskey to pull. When out of the darkness arose such a sound, Stephen sprang from his chair to see what was around. Away to the tent flap, taking immediate flight, he threw back the canvas and stepped into the night. With an LED lamp strapped to his head, he saw in the darkness a buck in its bed. And what to his wondering eyes should he see? The buck's giant rack had rubbed every tree. His frame was wide and taking one more look, it was a buck Boone and Crockett would put into their book. <laughs> his tines, how they twinkle, his muscles, how tense. His antlers were like the pickets and the most wonderful fence. The big giant buck had a broad, saggy belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. Calm down, Mark Kenyon. You seem to be. <laughs> you seem to be excited. Very. You're sweating. Your brow is filled with. Uh, Santa yeah. doesn't sweat. I, I get very busy, but I do not sweat. You are sweaty right now. Uh, I'm liking this. Yeah, you should get a uh, handkerchief. He was chubby and plump, full of cold fighting fat. Though the meat eater man had ruined his nap. Steve dreamed to be shouldering and aiming his gun. Dripping and grinning sure would be fun. The buck pissed on his tassels, and with a twist of his head, let Stephen know there would be nothing to dread. He sprang down the trail, looking just like a missile, and the way he flew, like the down of a thistle. But the hunter exclaimed, as the buck ran out of view, I hear does and spike bucks have tasty back straps too! Ho ho ho! Meat eaters. The end. I just wrote that now. It took me one minute and 12 seconds. That's valuable time. Well, well yeah. played. The quiet elf. Who let, who, let, who let you out of the uh, workshop? workshop. Uh, you wow. bastard. All right, oh. Santa. Thank you so much for dropping by. Uh, there ends the the end of the kids' corner of the special holiday special. Santa, if you'd like, we're gonna step out of this room. Oh, and we're gonna go do the Latvian holiday tradition of melting uh, lead, and then you breathe all those toxic fumes, <laughs> yes. and then you throw the lead into a bucket. It's a bucket of water. The lead solidifies into a crazy shape. You hold the shape up mm. and make a finger puppet. With it, and then that predicts your future, if you'd care to join us. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. I've never been to Latvia, but it sounds nice. So go on, Stephen. Go on. <laughs> All right, everybody. Once again, give it up for Santa. Busy man. Busy man. All right. He's got to go to the shopping mall. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. He, he's wanted right now at 4,000 shopping malls. <laughs> Okay, Yanni, what do we need to know, uh, you know, setting out to do this? Well, what you need to know first is that all these traditions, like I said earlier, are celebrating the winter solstice, not necessarily Christmas. And the winter solstice is like the, it's the new year, basically, on like a calendar that nature provides, right? 
So if you just throw out December and January and just looked at like what when the year sort of flips over for uh, the song. Yeah, days get mighty short. Exactly. Everybody gets all depressed. Days start getting yeah. longer again. So all of this stuff sort of has like a finish up with one thing, start a new thing theme going throughout the whole thing. Um, before we've talked about the Yule Log, which I think now after doing some research on the Yule Log, it's not exactly the same thing. But the log that we like to tow, tow around the house with a rope while we're singing <laughs> Latvian folk songs. Yeah, I've been to this. You've been to it. That's right. You, 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 everybody, you chop. What happens now? I can't remember what I did. Um, we dragged the uh, log around the house three times to rid the whole homestead of any sort of uh, bad juju, bad spirits, anything that might be negative like surrounding like the place itself, it, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. Then... So that the humans can participate, sort of getting rid of their own demons, uh, mishaps, negativities, anything bad that you want to sort of forget from the last year and put it behind you and have and be able to look forward with a clean slate. You can do, and I read recently that you can do this multiple ways into the log. You can chop it, which is what we do. And yeah, so, like I, I walked up and I'm like, Yannis, 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 and I chopped, <laughs> and, and I'm and still I, here, and, and I wept and, and and chopped into the log. Yeah. You could also um, just tie a little string around the log. Mm. Everybody could do that, and that's sort of symbolize, it's like a safer way. Symbolizes that way, yeah. Yeah. We, we once did. We were at a place where we didn't have room for the log or whatever, and so instead we all just wrote things down on a piece of paper on like sort of like a scroll and rolled it up, and then everybody would just pitch them into the yeah. fire. So like urban parents who aren't comfortable with their children wielding an axe, you can have them go tie up. Yeah, that's right. And so you've got a big bonfire going, and so once everybody's done chopping or tying their thread or string onto the log, you pitch it into the bonfire. Do they write a note on the string? No. Just a string. Yeah. Because you know what it means. That's right. And uh, again, it's just the, it's the, the traditional is just symbolic of, you know, leaving... The bad stuff behind from the last year. Traditions. Tradition. Hit it, Phil. Tradition. Tradition. I want to give you guys a little uh, hot trivia tip. You guys, this <laughs> is, might come in that, very handy this is holiday that, season. Is that such a thing? <laughs> I think so. It is now. A hot, right? Okay. Wouldn't you like a little, uh, you're a trivia player, Phil. Wouldn't you like, like a. But it's uh, trivia and a tip. Well, it's like a tip that might come in handy during trivia because I feel oh, like this is oh, one yeah, of those no, questions that could come up yeah. in trivia. I'm good. Does anybody know where and when the first Christmas tree was erected? Germany. I thought they called it the old uh, Tannenbaum. Yeah, they did it about 100 years after they erected one in the capital city of Latvia, Riga. Oh, that is a lie. That's a lie. You're telling you me. You can do your own research. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not here to debate it at this moment. <laughs> I just wanted to give you guys a little You're tip. You're telling me that the Latvians came up with the Christmas tree. Men of the local merchants' guild decorated a tree with artificial roses, danced around it in the marketplace, and then set fire to it. God, you guys are dramatic. The roses <laughs> it's used like for the Latvians are so dramatic. <laughs> yep. I mean, burning every. It's like de- just... All the decorating and burning. <laughs> well, it sounds like all they have Good to play time. with is wood. So <laughs> and fire. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? You're <laughs> chop it or burn it? Every holiday. No, bottle, on, on that holiday, before you, you, you burn it, then decorate it. <laughs> you have bonfires. I okay. like it. So, Why did that guy send us the thing about how Latvia is the most introverted g- country? 
What about it? He said that Latvia, he saw something at the Latvian embassy that said Latvia is the world's most introverted Yeah, and they're trying to get introverts to, like, talk about their introvertness. But (laughs) but you guys have such, uh, like, flamboyant expressions around the holidays. It just doesn't strike me as introversion. Introversion. Mm, I think it just seems flamboyant because you've never heard of it. You know, if if, if someone had never heard of your Christmas traditions and you told them about it for the first That's time. That's a good point. I'd be like, no, a huge dude comes down your chimney, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, <he's> <laughs> and then we take some raw eggs and mix them with milk and cream and whiskey and drink it. You're like, huh. Sounds weird, but okay, we'll try it. <laughs> That's a good point, man. I never thought about it like that. I got a, a Latvian folk song um, here. Oh, let it rip. A traditional. Oh, yeah. My mom said I needed somebody else to uh, tell me what uh, note to start on, but uh, we don't have anybody here that can help me out with that. Mm. Mm. All right. Is that helpful? No. Steve, you should have been part of the choir. No, I missed it. You guys want to listen to my mom? Uh, no. Do a duet with your mom. This is Yanni and his mom doing a duet. It's not. It's not. Hold on. Let me just listen to her. (laughs) Mediator.com. Let me just listen to her for just a second, and then I'll... No, 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 no. That's Christmas for oh, me right beautiful. there. That's, that's beautiful. I know. You want the you, you should have gone. You know what? A good showman would have gone because now you got to follow that up. I, I would have sung. <laughs> you, you, you I would have sung. With that? I would have sung and then played your mom because now you got that was beautiful. And then you got to now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All I wrote down was start low and go high. Sidra binya lietin shliya kaladu kaladu zia masvatku vakarai kaladu kaladu. That's, that's wonderful. Give, give a couple more licks, Yanni. I like it when your ma does it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> There's a little more melody and harmony and all those things associated with what music is what you like to hear in music. Let me hear it again. Though. Well, Phil's going to mix still, it into the dance remix version. It's still, <laughs> yeah. cute. it's still cuter than hell to watch. Yeah. It's still cuter than hell to watch Yanni sing. Oh, well, thanks. Um, V-C-C-K-J-A-G-A-R-I-N-I-K-A-L-A-D-U-K-A-L-A-D-U-C-I-D-R-A-B-I-N-U-V-Z-N-I-K-A-L-A-D-U-K-A-L-A-D-U. Wonderful, wonderful. Couple more. No, there's only one more. Anyways, you want to know what the uh, words mean? Uh, Come they told me. Pa rumpa pum pum. (laughs) You got the rumpa pum pum. Oh, I did? Yeah. That's just the chorus. So Kaladu uh, is the same in English as it is in Latvian. Um, but uh, it's, uh, sorry, a silver rain was falling at winter solstice night. All the teeny tiny branches gave the silver a ride. Candles, candles burned all night long in silver candle holders. The moon shows the way to those bringing the sun's daughter. The sun gave her daughter from the land of the deceased to this land. 
Jeez, man. I'm not sure if it's the nutmeg, but that's tricky stuff. That's <laughs> <laughs> the nutmeg talking. Now listen, that's Yanni's uh, translation of the song, so someone else might give you a, a different version, but there you go. So, to uh, look into the future, um, we have what's called Limus Lieshana, which if you translate that literally, it means pouring luck or pouring happiness. Liashana being the verb pouring, and lima being luck or happiness. Um, researching for today, I'd, I don't think I had ever personally dis- defined what lima was to me, but it come, come to find out, it's very hard to define, let alone translate, and that Latvian philosophers have sort of like battled and debated over this for hundreds of years, because it's not just like um, happiness, but it's more of like a state of being there's like other emotions attached to it from simple satisfaction to great joy. Um, some theologians and philosophers describe it as living a successful and good life rather than a simple emotion. So it's deep. So what you're about to do encompasses all that. You're not just like sort of forecasting like what might happen, but it's sort of like how you might feel and be for the next year. But you can see why I like it, because basically, if you've got Lima, you just have like a general good, positive attitude about life. I believe if you have that, you know, life should be pretty smooth for you. Yeah, because you perceive it as such. That's right. So, um, I think we can roll and pour some lead. So, can you throw some luck? Can you quick walk us through the process, real quick? Yes. Okay. So, we this is how we always done it. Um, You basically just have a small pot that you usually go to. a thrift store and buy it because once you melt lead in it, you're not going to use it again to cook um, noodles for your kids anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you have to have it, it's simple. You don't need a lot. Well, you, you, so you, you guys never a, invested in one of those lead? Like my old man had one of those lead melting. Looks like a bull scrotum with a spout. No, I don't. I don't. You know. guys didn't get sophisticated about it. I don't know if you'd like to have a spout because that might like trip up the actual throwing. Oh, it kind of it, pre- you know? it kind of like dictate your future. That's right. Okay, go on. Um, so yeah, some fishing sinkers is what we'd buy, and you need a bucket. Um, but then you can also just do it like in your sink. Um, just fill it up with cold water. I think if you had a minimum of six inches, that's probably enough, so that by the time it hit the bottom, it's not gonna, you know, adhere to the steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, small pot and a way to heat it up. And melt the lead. That's it. And so once you have a pot full, uh, and I'm trying to think how much we're going to, it's been a few years since I've done it, but I'm guessing like a two or three ounce fishing sinker or that amount is going to be enough to produce a nice uh, pour of lead. Yeah. You don't want to predict too much of your future. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Not the next 10 years. We're just, trying to do, we're just trying to do one year. You get about a year per ounce. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, once you have it melted in the pot, you hover over the bucket of cold water and then quickly in one motion, spill it into there, throw it into there, pour it into there, and then it immediately, it makes kind of a loud popping noise and it immediately solidifies and you pick it up out of there and the fun starts. And you guys like to throw the shadow with a candle or a flashlight? Candle, for sure, because then you get the movement of the flame. Oh, it makes it dance. So you're going to be dancing all year. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope we throw marks 
And it's a giant white tail. <laughs> and it might be like, Mark will think he's going to get a big one, but he doesn't realize that he's just going to get stomped to death by one. <laughs> All year, he'll be like, any minute now. He's chewing on goldfinches uh, while stomping on my head. Yeah. It might be a whole herd of big giant bucks. Yeah, so Mark, when him. you see a big buck, don't get excited because you're not going to know what it means, man. Steering clear of the back 40 next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know better than to go out there. Yeah. I saw my lead. <laughs> All right, let's go pour some lead. On a piece of lead inside a little tin looking pot. <laughs> the lead's melting and starting to run down to the bottom. It looks like uh, <laughs> that Schwarzenegger movie. Terminator 2? The guy that gets shot, but then he goes like yeah. gets back up again. It does. It looks like this the second Terminator's in there. How is it like all liquefied now and you're just gonna okay, here, dunk here. it in? Okay, am I good now? Yes! Oh. <laughs> That's a lot of futures. Oh, that came oh. out good. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Here, I'll get another one going. You pull yours out. This does not look like a festive holiday thing <laughs> with Steve in his respirator. Look at that. Oh, oh wow. wow. Tail. Wait. Tail. To see what's going to happen to me. It's a seahorse. The picture doesn't come complete until it's, 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 it's the shadow, right? <laughs> you can't tell. It's too early to tell. No, you can do both. You can do both. No, I don't want anyone to try to interpret that. <laughs> Who's doing the next one? It's a real satisfying noise when it goes into the pot. Bite me up. You want to do it in like one, you know? Yeah. Who says it? Oh! Oh, that's absolutely a big buck. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Mark's future? That's mm -hmm. the future right there. All right, so we are. Oh God, do I we have poured the lead. And now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Giannis, but we are examining the lead through uh, by looking at its shadow that it casts on the wall with a candle as the light and now we interpret what the lead shape means for mark's future i like to Whoa. remind everybody that uh remember how i was saying how lime is like the, uh, the easiest way to translate it is happiness wow. so this is an this is your future in a very fun and positive way i see like an olive branch bonsai tree oh. an olive branch like peace yeah. Oh, that, there, a backpacker! A backpacker! Yeah. Yes! Looking down the ground oh, with a hat on. That's it. A backpacker. Mark will go backpacking. Maybe he's got something. He's over. Maybe it's Mark in a backpack. He's singing about public lands. Um, oh. I see something very dark. I see a very arthritic hand. <laughs> with a, an arthritic hand with a growth. A man with a knife sticking out of his chest. So when you see. Uh, cancer and knives and chess and whatnot. Those thoughts you just Ooh, need to throw out of your head. It's a wilted flower. Well, Yanni, with all rain. due respect, man, these crazy ass Latvian lead shapes do not look positive. Uh, I think you just need to get uh, have a better imagination, bud. See, yeah. there's that arthritic hand again. Ah, my hand. Steve Bringer is over here. I see an old lady, an old monk with arthritic arms. A unicorn seahorse. <laughs> Anthony Legata. Anthony, come on. 
Anthony's future is in disarray. <laughs> See a lot of disorder. With a, with a biting, with a fire ant biting the guy in the back. It's an old arthritic worm. Lots to think about. Lots to think about, ladies and gentlemen. Cal's problem is that his future is greatly segmented. Shattered almost. A shattered future, some might say. Some might say it's, uh, let's try to put a little more positive spin on it, Anthony. Maybe he doesn't have a shattered future. Maybe he has a uh, very diverse uh, and uh, diver- uh, diversified uh, uh, Just drop my future on the ground. Shat- maybe his future's shattered in many ways. Oh, right, let's get Corinne up there. Corinne, what are you feeling? Kind of looks like a dinosaur. Well, that was a long time ago. That's not the future. <laughs> You're looking at the totally the wrong way. She might find some dinosaur <laughs> bones <laughs> next right? year. Oh, yeah, I wasn't looking at the bright side. Right. Old lady, That's big cool. head. You're going to be a big headed old lady this year. <laughs> It's going to be a long year. That just means you're getting smarter, Corinne. It just means your brain's getting bigger. An arthritic old. Remember, as I was saying again, this will be the third time I'm going to remind you guys that Lima is happiness. And we're forecasting our happy future. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. Oh, she's strangling a turtle. (laughs) Come here and Steve will tell your fortune. You know, it's like, you ever see a worm get squished and get all dried out on the sidewalk? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like like old dried out fishing bait. I think it looks like a plant under the ground growing. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. You're way off. Way off. Joel's excited. I'm excited. Hopefully it looks like someone figuring out the uh, ventilation in this studio. <laughs> okay, let's see here. That looks like an arthritic witch's finger. <laughs> it does. <laughs> This is a good game. Oh my gosh, you're growing your mustache back. <laughs> Look at that. This is a bad future. It's like yeah, if there it is. Phil got a bad scar on his lip and it killed the hair growth, then he grew a mustache. Phil, do you have time for me to go too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah the go. Eagles got to go. Where the hell is his deal, man? Wouldn't it be funny if we didn't let Yanni go? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh. It's a man carrying another body over his shoulder. Yeah, is that Steve? Are you carrying Steve? It's like kind of a dried out carcass. Am I carrying Steve up a mountain or down a mountain? (laughs) Or just carrying him metaphorically. (laughs) (laughs) You will carry Steve into the future. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, there concludes the special holiday special first annual of the Meat Eater podcast. I want everyone out there to know that we love them to death. A, a, a old, painful, arthritic death. No, just, we just love them to death. Thank you very much for joining us. Tune in next holiday season for the special Christmas special. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Oh, Merry Christmas! Happy Monica! Happy New Year! Happy Kwanzaa! On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Twelve comfy goose thighs, eleven pantsu frog legs, ten gator sliders, nine buck tongue tacos, eight corn beaver ham, seven hoss and pepper, six cheeks of grouper, five big old backstraps, four mincemeat pies, three fried perch, two smoked coopers, and a squirrel in a crock pot.
<laughs> Done. We did it. Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the Decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to deck.com slash meat eater. Get yourself some free shipping. Hey, if you follow wildlife news at all, you're probably aware that the island of Maui has an incredible abundance of Axis deer, so much so that they're causing ecological damage. Well, Maui Nui venison is thinning out some of those Axis deer herds and delivering venison sticks and fresh cuts to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order.